This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason it's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comic book click and as always i'm never alone sir please introduce yourself i am the ghost of dan the comic book man (laughs) dan the comic book man is here in studio and let me go ahead and say and wish you all a very merry clickmas merry clickmas one and all Merry Clickmas, people. It's been crazy out here. You know, we, uh, major issues in comic book click are um, stationed in New York City. So, it's been getting kind of cold, but we're not getting that snow that we're used to. Uh, I guess No, we're just getting fright, frightening, frightening temperatures that kill people. But, you know, global warming isn't real, Dan. All right? So, we have nothing, well, I'm, nothing I'm assuming global warming isn't real, but global colding is definitely real. Something is definitely going down. So, we figured... There could only be one way to warm your guys' hearts, and that's with a always pleasant and always <laughs> poised episode of Which Was Worse. Oh, ain't that just the Christmas spirit? You know, Don't it, you just feel it. It isn't. It isn't major issues if me and Dan aren't arguing at the top of our lungs about uh, various uh, movies. And you know what I found out. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with our Which Is Worse episodes, it's when we. T- it's where we take two maligned is the word I usually use to describe these films, but two uh, films that aren't really regarded as being traditionally good. And we argue which one is definitively worse. Uh, And usually the way we do this is we come up with the two that we want to pit against each other. And then we either flip a coin or sometimes one of us will um, offer to do, um, to, to defend the defenseless as Dan quite often does on this on this show. So some of the ones that we've done in the past, the very first one we did, we pit X-Men Origins Wolverine against Green Lantern to find out which was the worst film with Ryan Reynolds in it. <laughs> um and then we did Spider-Man 3 versus Spider Amazing Spider-Man 2 to find out which was the worst Spider-Man uh film cuz those are the two that's on the lowest uh, end of that. We've also done Catwoman and Electra. Catwoman and Electra. Uh, female-led, uh, that was in preparation for Captain Marvel, two yes, female-led uh, superhero movies. Then we did... The last one. Which was the worst non-MCU movie, um, Fanforstic or Ghost Rider 2 Spirit of Vengeance. And in looking back at those, Dan, something occurred to me. I think I may be developing a bit of a bias. Um, because in the Green Lantern one, I would defend the Green Lantern. In the female-led superhero films, I defended Catwoman. Um, And now, uh, in this, which is worse, our Christmas edition, our fifth ever installment of which was worse, 
we will be putting two Christmas classics, two Christmas Cape Crusader costumed <laughs> caretaker classics in um, Iron Man 3 and Batman Returns. And on this episode, I will be defending vehemently Batman Returns, making this the third DC movie I'm defending out of three Marvel versus DC properties. Something's got to be up. I think I'm starting to come to the conclusion that the worst DC films are not worse than the worst Marvel films. Oh no, I I will straight up agree with you on that. The worst that DC has to offer is definitely nowhere near the worst Marvel has to offer because DC's worst is not worse because they're legit making a bad movie. It's that they'll have all the ingredients for that nice cake, but they don't know how to make the cake. Yeah. Marvel knows how to make the cake, so when it comes out shit, you're just like... Bro, you're 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 Ramsey. You're you know you're you're Bam. You're Emerald. You can't right. be, you you can't make shit. You're Marvel. Right, right. It's like they for some reason when Marvel goes bad, they go but they, bad. They also didn't know what they wanted for like a bit, right? When you look at some of those early like the '90s Captain America stuff, the Nick Fury straight to TV movie with um, David Hasselhoff, stuff like that. Dolph Lundgren's Punisher. Marvel didn't really know what they wanted to do, the and they sold they off got so gritty many of their parts. With, D, with, with uh, Daredevil. They decided to go gritty with... No, they went gritty with Blade, then they went gritty with Daredevil. But Daredevil's flop is what put back them into a corner, and we got fan, Fantastic Four, Rise of Silver Surfer. We also had Surfer. too many Blades, right? Like, you didn't have to do Blade 3. No, there was a Blade <laughs> TV show on Spike TV when Spike TV Blade was still 3. a thing. So there's a bunch of different... Um, there's a bunch of different directions that a lot of these films can go in. What I find it's interesting is these the films that we're going to be talking about today. I, there's about a twenty year difference. It's about a twenty year gap. You know, one is right in the middle of what we know as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and one um, takes place during a time where there wasn't many comic book uh, movies to be. Well, had. the only comic book movies that were in the theaters was Batman and Superman. Yeah, basically, for the most part. Um, do you have fond memories of these films prior to <laughs> prior to having to do which was worse? All right, all right. So let let's start with your pick first. He's defending Batman Returns. Now, Batman Returns was always rub. Even as a kid, it was just a movie that rubbed me the wrong way, and I didn't understand why it rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't want to understand it, but I still, at at its core enjoyed it. It was still an enjoyable movie to watch. And then years before I even joined the Click. I watched it again as an, as a 20-year-old man and the, my first words was holy shit this is bad. Right. Like this is this is bad. And what what's so bad about it is that they have probably every, every out of every 20 minutes into the movie there's 5 minutes of just what is this? Why was this here? Okay. The the the, the dialogue. I never blame an actor for the dialogue that they're reading. Yeah. So even even in Iron Man three with all of its shit, there were still moments where Robert Downey Jr. was just giving me delivery that yeah. I could not help but just yeah. you know smirk to. Yeah. Now Iron Man three, on the other hand, I tried watching Iron Man three when it very first came out. I didn't go to theaters to see it. I was yeah. uh, I went on Put Locker. Okay. During that whole weekend to see it. Forty five minutes into the movie, I shut it off and I threw on Seven Psychopaths instead because <laughs> I was just like, no, 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 this. And I never since then, since two thousand thirteen, I never finished this movie. I saw the first forty five minutes and I couldn't stand it. Okay. And now, <laughs> well, you I, chose to defend Iron Man well, three. All right, for for various unselfish reasons, I didn't want to have to have you, you know, talk shit about. 
you, what you always quoted as one of your favorite Batman it is one movies. One of my favorite Batman movies, people. I, uh, put I'll say that up front. Um, Batman Returns was the first Batman movie I had ever seen, um, and thus it has a, a, a very special place in my heart that it probably shouldn't. I, it, it, I equate Batman Returns to Malta. If you had it as a kid, it's great. It's great stuff. You 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 can you can swear by it. You try to give a Malta to a grown person. Oh, that like, shit tastes like what is caramel this? syrup. Like, what is this? It's literally drinking molasses soda. Exactly. But if you were raised on it, no issue. But if you weren't raised on it, I can totally see all, all the issues that I that people have stated about both of these films, I think, are apparent. Um, sometimes I will do this, which is worse, and I will sit there and go, damn, I didn't really pick the easy one in this. But I do still think I picked the easy one in this. If only because of my he says this every time, love. but every time he he says, <laughs> "Damn, I don't think I'm gonna get the easy one." Until he watches the movie and then hits me up and says, "Damn, dude, this is gonna be easy, ain't it?" Yeah, ba- basically, <laughs> he did that with Electra and Catwoman. He no, because I had never seen Electra, so he that was swore, the one I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, he swore he was gonna lose on this one. Why did I pick a, a Catwoman? Then he saw Electra, and all he had to do was laugh. Catwoman had been highly regarded. It's on every single list of the worst uh, comic book movies of all time. It's it tops all the you know bad CGI lists and stuff. And so I thought that I was obviously with something that was so high highly publicized as being bad that I was kind of um, making a lot of work for myself in defending it. When I realized that the only reason why Electro didn't have as much bad press is because no one talked about it. No one saw it. No one saw it. No one talked about it. It was not a topic of discussion. But we're talking about two big tempo franchise continuing starting or killing killing films here. Um, Would you like to go first? Uh, Yeah, I'll take this one first. So, Iron Man 3, released May 3rd, 2013, on a $200 million budget, grossed $1.215 billion. Back. A lot of money. A lot of a money. A lot of money. I think it might have been the second MCU film after Avengers 1 to break no, a billion. Before Avengers, even I think it was even before Civil War, the top 10 highest grossing movies of all time had all three Iron Man movies. Oh, wow. All Until three I Iron Man movies. It, yeah. it, was, it was Iron Man 3 at like 9. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 2 at like 7 and Iron Man at like 5 or 4. Like they were it was spread out but it, they were still the highest grossing comic book trilogy of all time. Okay. So that's crazy. Yeah, bananas. And it was directed by Shane Black and like and all my film friends, all my film nerds. You already know Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon. He wrote and directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Nice Guys and he gives us What's this it? Robert Downey Jr. in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes, that's what's so terrible. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is actually in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, so he's worked for that director be, under that director before, with a seventy nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but and a seventy eight percent audience score. We don't got that much different. I have a seventy nine critic score, seventy three audience score. So basically the same thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's starring Robert Downey Jr., Guy Pearce, Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, and. Ben Kingsley. Sir, Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley, who does not know what the definition of cultural <laughs> appropriation is. So what we usually do on this is we, we rattle up the, the facts and figures, we get into the plot, and then uh, we start to defend. So what's going to happen now is Dan is going to give us uh, exceptional reading of the plot of Iron Man 3, and then he will tell me why, why it shouldn't... Be hated as much as it as it should be, and then I'll get on the uh, old aggressive side, 
and we'll do the same for Batman Returns. <laughs> There's but, not enough beers here for this. Oh uh, yeah, we and we're drinking some beers for click click clickmas. It's hard Click-mas. to say. Hard to say than I thought it was. Click-mas. Go ahead, brother. The plot of Iron Man three. So the movie kicks off at a 1999 New Year's Eve party in uh, Swit- not, yeah, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was Switzerland. I was going to say Stockholm. Sweden. Sweden or something like that. And Tony Stark meets a young, inspiring scientist named Maya Hansen, the inventor of an experimental regeneration, a regenerative treatment named Extremis, which I guess is for extremities. I guess that also worked. I always just thought it was like just extreme. I don't know. See, why. that's what I was thinking yesterday until I started seeing what they were like the original test subjects were. I like... just think that that's the well. It does say crippling injuries, and I <laughs> I don't mean to sound insensitive in saying that. I think that the word cripple means that there's a limb issue. Yeah, usually when you hear crippled, it's because they're like they're missing one of the major limbs you yeah. need. Yeah, so I think that there you might there might be something there with that. So yeah, so I hear that's what I was hearing too. Was extreme? Why is why are we using extreme as the bad guy? Extreme, extreme. No, I'm guessing it's extremities, yeah, which allows recovery from crippling injuries. Disabled scientist Aldrich Killian offers them a place in his company called Advanced Idea Mechanics or AIM. AIM, baby, for short. You know because AOL wasn't a thing in 1999. You know, you got me. They were playing. Mambo number five is that a 1999 song? I feel like that's like a 1996. That's song. probably like an early, early 90s song. But no, not that the early. Because how were you born? I'm not supposed. To, <laughs> I'm not supposed to to give you pointers. But the freaking movie starts with Blue Man with yeah, with, with Axel F's I'm Blue. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, I get we're supposed to be much. in the times, but. You couldn't, like, put the music on before all the opening logos and stuff? That's one of those I... songs, like, uh, Don't You by the Pussycat Dolls. It's just, like, it's it e- got to a point in the ether that if you're still making that joke, it, it's way too late. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. But... So, but Tony Stark rejects him in a pretty Tony Stark fashion. You know, tells him, hey, listen, I'm totally fascinated by your work. I actually want to work with you. Meet me on the roof in 15 minutes. You yeah, know, I don't want to I don't want to be with any of these beautiful girls that are in this in this elevator. I'm just going right to go wet my whistle you. and yeah, I'm going to go hang out with a crippling guy with long blonde hair. Yeah. And then the movie transports us into December of 2012, 7 months after the Battle of New York, which this is technically for the whole MCU. This would be the the next movie after Avengers, because Avengers, yes. Avengers came out in 2012. This was 2013 of the next summer. 100%. Okay. So I needed to know that. Because that, that is one thing that I really will say. I think this movie does exceptionally well. It's give us uh, how Tony is feeling with his PTSD. How he's just a man in a can. There's and that, things there. Yeah. There's a lot. Because you can't there's even admit there. that there's not that there's not pretty good like PTSD stuff there. There's things there. Yeah. There's things there. So Tony Stark is now suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and is having frequent panic attacks, anxiety attacks, and anxiety attacks due to his experience during the alien invasion and subsequent battle. How did you get out of the wormhole? Yo, that that was a pretty. Who good... asks that question? These kids in this movie are absolutely re. Well, no, that's just him hearing things. See, here we go. So wait, here we go. So He's hearing things. That kid didn't ask that question. The kid that came up to him in the diner that gave him With that the glasses. Pl- How did you get? Yeah, he didn't say that. He's hearing that because that's his po- that's his PTSD. What is wrong with this man? Someone needs to medicate Tony Stark then. But that's the whole point of Tony Stark as a character since the, the first Iron Man that he Th- self medicates. That that he no that he needs 
help that he needs to realize that the world is big and he's not big enough to solve those problems alone. And he figured that out when he's thinking, yo, I'm just selling weapons to Iraqis to stop these people from coming into this country. No, now I got to make actual defense deterrence for Thanos and his army, which obviously they did attack New York yeah. in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So he's not completely wrong. No. Not but completely yes, wrong. <laughs> not completely. He's wrong on a lot of accounts, but those are movies we're not talking about. Yeah, so this is coming the main the main crux for those who are not initiated, but again, and I'm I'm I've made this comment before, but like if you're listening to this podcast, like you would know. But for the most part, Tony Stark at the end of the Avengers uh re uh reroutes a nuke headed for New York City, uh basically through a wormhole. He he rides the the nuke and sends it through a wormhole. Which is basically um, like how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Well, movie. at one basically at one part at one point, while he's doing this, he has reserved in his mind the idea that he will die in space. <laughs> that he he's made this sacrifice, he's sent this nuke through the wormhole to Thanos and all his army, um, and that he will just drift through space and die by the grace of odin he falls through the wormhole back on our side and he lives but that moment still haunts him and definitely haunts him in this film of course i think it haunts him throughout the rest of the mcu until he meets thanos which is in endgame i loved when he finally meets thanos he's like you've been in my no it was an infinity war where he's like you've been in my head since 2012 and he's like i know who you are stark because they were just like linked which is awesome should have given and us then, stuff and then more. They start, talking, stuff they start talking through voice. I mean, through uh, Force Visions, and then Thanos doesn't have a shirt on. Oh, that's another movie, right? That's, that's, the, whole, that's, that's, that's the wrong movie <laughs> that you're downloading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, it's not about burning Re- the past. Restless, <laughs> Kill it if you have to. <laughs> Restless Sleep. He has built dozens of new Iron Man suits to cope with his insomnia, creating friction with his girlfriend, Pepper Potts, which is another thing that I don't like in superhero movies, let alone any movie. I'm the tired of that. The, no, the, the the good guy having like waking up in the middle of the night from a horror dream, his girlfriend next to him, and then there's some sort of conflict. Like, the guy just had a nightmare, and you're going to go, oh, I'm going to go sleep in another room because your Iron Man suit tried to kill me. Well, yeah, things happen. I think that whole that whole uh, situation is wrong. But. Well, it was better than X Men Origins whole cuckoo cachoon but uh, nighttime bed garbage bed stuff. Or the uh, let me wake up Mister Logan in X Men One when she gets stabbed through her freaking chest. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, your boy's building so many Iron Man suits. That's the first kind of inkling we get to Christmas because they start doing that Jingle Bells yeah. kind of uh, montage where he's. Trying to get this, his new suit, his new prehensile uh, suit that can come to him in pieces. Yeah, I can't believe uh, this man. Legit, like, I, I would, I don't take the laws of thermodynamics and gravity and physics yeah, and all yeah. of those stuff seriously when it comes to superhero movies. But when you have an actual physicist scientist doing stuff, I don't, I need to have some sort of you know laws. There needs to be rules that you follow. There's a part in this film, Dan, where literally, if you've ever played like. Arkham Origins, where he's like pulling up pieces of the ground in hologram form, spinning it. Re- I it. was saying the same thing. Yo, why does like, everybody I have recreating? Do that? Can he do that? Recreating the 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 crime scene. I'm tired of superheroes or detectives and people being able to holographically recreate crime scenes. I was that was just very specific and very particular, and he was just able to be like, okay, whatever, whatever. And then there's a part where he's in the uh, he's in the TV truck and he's literally kind of um, expositing 
what we're supposed to find out from what we're seeing on the screen. He's like, oh, so you bought this and then you gave it to the Mandarin and tried to find a buyer, but you couldn't. You know, like, who's he talking to? He's talking to himself. But he's talking to us because we don't understand what the hell's going on. <laughs> but continue. A string of bombings have happened, claimed by the terrorist known as the Mandarin, has left intelligence agencies bewildered by a lack of forensic evidence. Stark's secretary, secretary, security chief, Happy Hogan. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's like a secretary. My man, Happy Hogan, is badly injured by in one such attack, prompting Stark to boldly issue a televised threat to the Mandarin, revealing his Ooh. home address in the progress. <laughs> he is not a hero. Hero doesn't do shit like that. He, Yo, you want this? Come but see I me. Th- but isn't that the point? Isn't the point for us to understand that there are gray areas to this such things called heroics and that my Tony thing is, rides that... Why are we learning this lesson in the third film? We weren't learning this lesson in the third We've been learning this lesson since we met Tony Stark. What is wrong with this man? He, he causes more problems than he solves. And then when he solves problems, he wants thanks, but you created the problem. You set my house on fire, and then you put it out, and then you're like, you're not going to thank me for that? It's like, my house was fine before you got here. Uh, and he so a, was America, Tony. He has Tony. a skewed view of, of right and wrong, but what he thinks, what he sees as right is fear. What he sees as protection is manipulation. It's the whole reason why we have such movies like Civil War. And that is... the. If if of all else fails, this movie at least gives us a Tony Stark that has not changed personality, has not been turned into a caricature, is not some like lost version of one that we saw years ago. No, this is the same Tony Stark that we got from 08 that we get all the way to 2019. The only difference from this Tony Stark and Endgame's Tony Stark is we have a Stark who's ready to sacrifice himself for everybody. But then again, I can even shoot my own self in the foot because he was ready to sacrifice himself in Avengers. Okay. So there you go. We... I just feel like Avengers, especially more so the first Iron Man, that moment where where uh, Obadiah takes his heart out. We've never gotten to a point where Tony Stark is that vulnerable. Even in this film, there's no point where you're like, he might really, he might really lose this one. Like you know, like he really is in well, above th- his. That's head. our problem with origin stories. Is like. When you throw an origin story of a comic book character like Tony Stark in the beginning of the movie and you throw him into a cave, you know, well, we have a whole hour and 20 minutes left. He's going to get out of this. Right. By the end, you don't – that's what I love about the ending of the movie. Even though you know good guy is going to win, bad guy is going to lose, there's still a how is he going to do this? And if he's going to win, is it going to be realistic? Right. And that's what – now, that's just for the Obadiah thing part. Like you're, you're, you're right. That was the first time that we got a vulnerable Tony, and from there, all we do is get vulnerable Tonys. I don't think it's the same level of threat, though. Like I'm not scared for him. In well, you want to know why? Because there hasn't been a good villain for Tony since Obadiah Stane. That's the thing. They were setting up the Mandarin, brother. But I'm not gonna get there. You're gonna get there. Let's talk about that Mandarin. The Mandarin sends gun hel- gunship helicopters to destroy Stark's home. Hansen, who came to warn Stark, survives the attack with Potts, which I don't know how any of them survived that entire and attack. And what was that? They say later on, Aldrich didn't know that she went there, right? Yeah. And she could have died mm-hmm. in this whole explosion. Okay. Just making sure. But then again, we get there later, but he doesn't care if she lives or dies anyway, so. No, and I'm I'm not 100% clear as to why they felt they needed Stark for extremists. I think he just wanted to get his revenge on Stark in some way. Because at one point, they're like, he will know he will know how to fix it. I feel like at one point, she's like, 
he, you know, we need him, and we need him, and he doesn't have any incentive. And now that we have Pepper, we have incentive to get him to do. And I'm like, do what? What are y'all trying to get him to do? Because by the end of the movie, y'all ready to kill him, and y'all ready to just do what y'all gonna do anyway. Which is, he wants to have the president in one hand and that world's biggest terrorist in the other, and create a fear, and then supply and demand literally that's all he says he goes i want i want the the you know the world leader and the world's biggest terrorist um in my grasp and then i you know i will create supply and demand supply and demand for what i'm guessing soldiers extremist soldiers for both sides that's the problem is i've never i've never been clear on any of of aldrich's plan it's i the first two all right, as many people have problems with Iron Man 2, at least the goddamn villains were, you know, coherent. You knew what they wanted, you yeah. know, like what's uh Justin whatever his face wanted. Hammer. Justin Hammer wanted Stark suits because he wanted to make money by selling them to here and there, you know. Uh what's his Mickey Rourke wanted revenge for his father, Obadiah Stane wanted, wanted revenge. His and it, it's what Cinema Sins said in when I watching um Spider-Man Far From Home, there everything wrong with video. It's almost every single MCU character, villain in some way has a grudge against Stark. As if Stark is like the king on the chessboard and everyone is just trying to get to him. There I don't are, understand. There are video essays that say that Tony Stark is the villain of the MCU. Well, that he's created all the problems that everyone else has to deal with. And, Vision said that in know, Civil War. Going forward. Well, he said Vision talks about um, uh, absolute, no, uh, about their existence inviting challenge. Like if. Which is the, that's the Batman Begins model of it, right? Like, well, you started wearing all this stuff, so now there you got it. <laughs> you know, now they're ramping it up. Like, you use um armor-piercing. You know, you have uh, bulletproof armor, they use armor-piercing bullets. You know, like, there's always going to be an escalation. Um, But I, even then, like, when he's doing that speech where they're doing the whole, like, I live here, 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 pal. If you want to see me, come see me. They're playing heroic music, but I'm not feeling like this is a heroic moment. Maybe oh, no, it's I a, know what's going to happen. It, it's, it, what it is, it's a threat. And you don't see heroes make threats unless that they're making threats in just a, an enclosed area. Like, if you yeah. have, like, Superman and Zod one-on-one, nobody around them, then that's, that's the time for point. threats. You never see Spider-Man, like, and Ak, when you, <laughs> when you, you know, when you get free, realize I'm going to be there and I'm going to be there and yeah, I'm going to be on your yeah, ass. Exactly. Heroes you don't hear, say that. No. It's just when they're in front of the villain, then you're like, oh, Ak, I see you with your nice dress. You're looking pretty. Come and hit me. Like, right. then you get those. There's a difference. There's, that was my whole thing with watching um, Comic Book Men. Yeah. Where I started realizing, because these people are like straight comic book enthusiasts. Like, they will school people on comics. And they have like this real one view of what a hero is and what a villain is. And like guys like Mike Zapsik don't believe Punisher and Wolverine to be heroes. Okay. There's no, they, when it comes down to the definition of a hero, they, they don't still. They seem to be heroic people. They still don't have. The, they have heroic, you know, tendencies. What they feel what they're doing is good. But the core of them isn't. But a lesser evil is. Evil is evil, whether lesser or greater. At the end of the day. I can see that. I can see that point. So I can feel you on the whole him threatening uh, Mandarin. Like, here's my address. Isn't very heroic. And I guess in a sense, Tony Stark isn't a hero. He isn't a hero so much as his own ego makes him heroic. Like, he feels like if he has the technology to save the world, why not save the world? It's the great power comes great responsibility line. I feel a little bit. Um, I feel a little bit of what you're saying in the sense that Tony Stark's ability to innovate, 
is one of his superpowers, right? His ability to just make things, make what he needs when he needs it. That's what got him out of the cave. That's what helps him in this film here. Um, but I don't, like, we know how much of a ham Robert Downey Jr. is. I don't know if we needed another movie full of just RDJ being a ham. No, which we I didn't. Feel like, which I feel like is what this film ends up uh, becoming. And then... Um, the the thing is he's he's supposedly like looking for heat signatures and then he finds that there was a previous explosion in Tennessee and um that's the last coordinates that Jarvis has in him when the Mandarin attacks his house and he so his suit goes thus, straight autopilot his suit goes straight to Tennessee leading to the ABC family portion of this film <laughs> which I'm can, not going to lie you can continue. I, I'm not going to lie this is a hard movie to defend. I'm not gonna sit here and and, and not and just not admit that this isn't a hard movie to defend. But Wait, as soon as he gets to, worse? as soon as he gets to Tennessee, I actually start liking the movie. Okay. I'm not gonna front. When he starts getting with the kid, I start getting homecoming vibes. I'm okay. like, oh damn! See, I could see why Tony had that little well, like. They eventually gave him that relationship. That relationship with, with Tom Holland, like there was, and that was my problem. Is once the movie said, like I think it was like. Hour 20 left, because the movie's like two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. So, like, once it was like an hour, 10 minutes, hour left of the movie, I'm like, damn, they gave me a good Iron Man movie. Like, this is actually entertaining. I'm here by it. Like, the first half, I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't care. All this romance, all this love. Sure, it's cool, but what the f- do I yeah, care? Right, like, right. listen, guys, this is, I got physically assaulted by this movie, but it's definitely not, <laughs> it's definitely not worse than Batman Returns. Definitely um. not. So, Brad Stark investigates the, the whole, uh, the local explosion. Ah, uh, Stark investigates the remains of a local explosion bearing the hallmarks of a Mandarin attack. He discovers the bombings were triggered by a soldier ex- subjected to extremis whose bodies explos- explosively rejected the treatment. These explosions were falsely attributed to a terrorist plot in order to cover up extremists' flaws. Stark witnesses extremists firsthand when Mandarin agents Brant and Savon Savon attack you know, him. You know these names prior. I do know these names prior. You did not know these names prior. Savon. I've heard Savon before. I just don't yeah. know where I heard the name Savon. Savon yeah. me. Savon. Savon me. Somebody Savon. Brant and Savon attack him. Stark kills Brant, incapacitates Savon. Meanwhile, Killian resurfaces and kidnaps Potts with assistance from Henson. American intelligence agencies continue to search for the Mandarin's location with James Rhodes, the former war machine, now rebranded as Norman Osborn's Iron Patriot. And I will always say that because why would you give that name? Like, you couldn't just keep him as war machine? I don't know, B. War machine, I said, was too, uh... Too... Angry, like aggressive war machine. Um, oh, there's Jesus a there's Christ. a deleted scene of of the the extension of that Joan Rivers segment, in which she says if they want to deal with ter- terrorists, they should just send Kesha out there, and if it's Kesha without makeup, then they surrender. And I was like, Does that that's it. That's now? that's, that's yeah, that's... very mean. And Kesha did nothing to Iron Man three. Like there was no, there was no why reason. Why did they have to go up to Kesha? It was, so, it was so weird, bro. I was watching it yesterday. I was watching the, the deleted scenes, and I'm like, was that a Kesha joke? Now again, maybe in 2013 it killed. This was well, no, Kesha was 
big in this was six years ago, yeah. but but I don't know, man. I was just well, like, she just dropped that that album. Uh, TikTok, tick that tick that where the songs TikTok is and stuff. Because my yeah. sister was a huge Kesha fan, so yeah. I knew all those damn songs. Kesha, Kesha. Star traces the Mandarin to Miami, Florida. He did not think it was going to be there. In case you confused with Miami, New York, and infiltrates his headquarters using improved, improved. Improve, I'm a little. I can't read right now. Yeah. Improvished weapons. Inside, he discovers the Mandarin is actually an English actor named Trevor Slattery, Slattery mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because John Slattery, the actor, plays Tony Stark's father, Howard Stark. Uh, so that's a pretty funny with the last name. My name's Trevor. Trevor Slattery, who is dude. He's a heroin junkie. Is that what he's on? He's he's a heroin junkie. I know he says that he does like sexual things for drugs. No, but when he sits, at one yeah, point he makes an explicit statement that he does, that they found him. Doing sexual things for drugs, but I I will uh, I'll get there when I when I rip this a new one. It, um, when he was uh, when Tony Stark was talking to him and he sits down with the drink and he starts nodding out every time he's that's a heroin nod out. Mm-hmm. That's opioids. That's that's disgusting. I can't believe they fucking hired a heroin a heroin junkie to be an actor. But <laughs> they gave him more heroin. Remember? Oh my god, I I hate that they did this to the they Mandarin. They gave him even more. He's like, they gave me more. They gave me things. They gave me things, and then he trails off. And you know what? That trailing off sounds like a heroin addict. Yep. That's... Oh my god. You know, there's what? a heroin junkie villain in this movie. Ridiculous. But it's still not worse than Batman Returns. <sighs> who is oblivious to the actions carried out in his image? Killian, who appropriated. Hansen's extremist research as a cure for his own disability and expanded the program to include injured war veterans reveals he is the real Mandarin behind Slattery's cover. After capturing Stark, Killian reveals that he has subjected Potts to extremists in hopes that Stark (laughs) will help fix extremists' flaws while trying to save her. Killian kills Hansen when she tries to stop him. Stark escapes and reunites with Rhodes, discovering that Killian intends to attack President Ellis aboard Air Force One using the Iron Patriot armor controlled by Savin. Stark neutralizes Savin. Savin... You did that on purpose. What? Wiki did that on purpose. Savin, Savin? Yeah. (laughs) Wiki did that on purpose. Stark neutralizes Savin, saving the passengers and crew, but cannot stop Killian from abducting Ellis and destroying Air Force One. They trace Killian to an impounded damaged oil tanker where Killian intends to kill Ellis on live TV. Quick tangent. Why the f- If this is an abandoned shipping container yard, why the fuck is there a giant Christmas tree in the middle of it? I don't know. First, they just know sense. that it's a Christmas movie? Yeah. Shane Black likes to put his lights in the background, B. Shane Black got to stop. You know what's crazy? Is he wrote Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon is technically a Christmas movie because it takes place on Christmas. Shortly after this, he um, uh, Tony gets hit by the truck and just doesn't die. His whole I hated suit, that damn scene. His whole suit flies around. That man should be dead. First of all, shouldn't be dead because that thing shouldn't come apart with just the force of a truck. I'm assuming he's taking punches harder than he's that. He's taking punches from Thanos and his helmet is still there. You're well, telling me this that... Is, that's Future. That's oh, that future is nano. Tech. That's nano tech. So, that's, right. That's, that's future tech. So I'm assuming, but I'm, he he was in the the battle for New York. So I'm mm. assuming that you know, was it ever? Because I haven't seen Iron Man one in in a year. Uh-huh. So I don't remember. Is it confirmed what kind of metal 
he uses for his Iron Man suit? No. Or are we just supposed to just believe that this is regular steel and titanium and alloy and all that crap? Iron. Iron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump to a conclusion there. I'm going to jump to a conclusion there, make an informed statement, and I'm going to go with iron. It's the whole suit made out of iron. Oh, my God. What was it? What, safe, was it confirmed in the comics what it was? No, I think it was literally a lot of iron, and they stopped, they stopped asking. Because at one point... You can see the muscular musculature of his arms, but that can't be metal, right? You can Unless see he paints. That's what I'm saying. You the the OG Iron Man outfit. It's red in the chest. Then it's yellow. It looks sleeves. like he's wearing like a vest with sleeves. Right. Yeah. But that can't be iron, right? Like, how would it come around your arms? It's very very weird. Yeah. That's one of the biggest mysteries in comic book history. Then, what is Iron Man's suit made of? That shit can't be regular titanium. Titanium yeah. iron. That's why he's Iron Man. Iron Man. Uh, the Iron Man. The vice president will become a puppet leader following Killian's, already, like, following Killian's orders in exchange for extremists to cure his young daughter's disability, which I had no... Remember, this is my, fir- this is my first time actually seeing this movie start to finish last night. And right there where he's on the phone with, with uh, uh, Rhodes... It's like, like, okay, I'll get right to it. Yeah, Don't like, worry I'll get right about to it. it. Do this, do that. And then he goes, and he's right in front of his daughter, and the camera pans down to his she daughter having leg. missing oh, one missing leg. leg yeah. I I literally said, oh, great, so he's the bad guy? Yeah. All right, now I know. First of all, I knew he was the bad guy because he's the same bad guy in blank check. All right? And so, you know, <laughs> nice you keep, pull out. Yeah, and so you, nice. keep that, you keep those kind of things in your head, you know? You keep that stuff around. Second thing is that they already did the vice president is the evil bad guy in 20 uh the day after tomorrow where they were waiting for the president to die so that he could take over and i'm sure i'm almost sure that came out maybe a year before this but day after tomorrow nah day after tomorrow is like 2006 7 or early really the reason why i know that is because there was one weekend where my Uh all right when my parents got divorced me and my sister went to my dad's (laughs) yeah when my parents got divorced me and my sister went to my dad's house every weekend okay there was one weekend that she didn't go. She was going to like a, or like she was like going somewhere like upstate or Pennsylvania. I don't know. But the weekend was just me and my dad. So Saturday, so on on that Saturday, we were figuring out what we were going to do. And we decided to go have lunch at Applebee's, just me and him. Mm-hmm. And then we drove to the movie theater, which is like two drive, like two blocks away. And we saw a day after tomorrow, me and him. And I was, I had to have been like. It came out in tw- 2004. I was 11. I was just going to say I had to have been like 11. So there you go. Ten years, ten years earlier. So they're doing the president is the bad guy for ten years now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, nine years later, the surprise twist that uh, he was the ghost the whole time, and <laughs> that's why he could. Well, that the, just ruined that movie for everyone. Uh, whatever movie that is, whatever movie that Bridesmaids. is, we're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> Don't watch Bridesmaids now, people. I just spoiled the whole. Oh, thing. Oh no! Please watch Bridesmaids. That movie's amazing to me. Dan, I haven't seen Bridesmaids. You haven't seen Bridesmaids, dude? Yeah. If you, I thought it was a girl comedy thing. It, no, no, it is a uh, like a. Comic I don't mean to say, that, and also I don't mean to say that like to make it lesser than. I just worried that I wouldn't understand the comedy. In I know, it I know it, what you meant I, because it was the demographic was me. triggered yeah. for what. Right, the same it, way like a a non stoner, I don't think would love a stoner comedy. Like they, there'd be a lot of stuff that, like I just don't get that. Like what is what's funny? Yeah, about no that? one's gonna laugh at somebody like I lost my weed. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess right. And so I didn't know if the other jokes were gonna be not suited for me. So I think. I'm telling you, Bridesmaids? man, Paul Paul Feig, dude. When he yeah, when he's, he's on it, he is on it. Yeah, he did Spy, right? Yeah, 
If you like Spy, you're gonna like Bridesmaids. There's no way. I've heard Bridesmaids is, is exceptionally funny. It's one I've of it. It truly crazy. is one of the best comedies I've ever seen, and it's so unsurprising how good that was. Now that the vice president is a bad guy, <laughs> I mean Mike Pence is pretty much a bad guy. Yeah, there you go. He's just waiting in the wings with his <laughs> legless daughter somewhere. That's it. On the platform, Stark works to save Potts as Rhodes goes after the president. Stark summons his remaining Iron Man suits, controlled remotely by Jarvis, to provide air support. Rhodes secures the president and takes him to safety, while Stark discovers Potts has survived the extremist procedure. Before he could save her, a rig collapses around them and she fails. She falls to the platform below, causing Stark to believe her dead. Wiki's really got to work on their fucking... I think that is the... The grim- grammatical way you say that. Believing her dead? Yeah. To believe her dead. To believe her dead? Yeah. All right. Causing Stark to believe her dead. <laughs> <laughs> English. Right. Stark fights Killian, but finds himself cornered. Potts, whose extremist powers allowed her to survive the fall, intervenes and kills Killian to save Stark. So, good guy is saved by girl. Cool. And 12-year-old boy. Which is fine, but it's a whole thing. Stark orders Jarvis to remotely destroy all the Iron Man suits as a sign of... Do you of... remember the name of the protocol? No. House Party. House Party Protocol. All right, we're going to cut this short because I'm leaving. I'm going to put my <laughs> stuff on. I can't defend this it's fucking called the, It's called the House Party Protocol. That's why everybody came out of the house and then they... House Party Protocol. That's a pr- that's pretty dark and sick. Mm-hmm. They, they, they finally come out the house only to be blown up. Igor came out once and now he's dead. That's... Yep. Stop. <laughs> Pot's extremist effects are... St- oh, no, wait, wait. Blah, blah, blah. Stark orders Jarvis to remotely destroy all the Iron Man suits as a sign of his devotion to Potts, while the vice president and Slattery are arrested with Stark's help. Potts' extremist effects are stabilized, and Stark promises to scale back his life as Iron Man, undergoing surgery to remove the shrapnel near his heart, following his obsolete chest arc reactor into the... Uh, throwing his obsolete chest arc reactor into the sea. He muses that even without his technology, he will always be Iron Man. And then the next time we see Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man is in Age of Ultron, where apparently he's broken up with Potts and has all of his suits back. So you get you can you can um, you can forever hold your peace. But now is the moment where you get to speak on defending the movie before I pull out the sword of Damocles. <laughs> what would you like to say on behalf of this film before we start the war? To settle the score? <laughs> I hate this film, people. I, I fucking hate this film. So you, you don't have to speak. I can't. All right, all right, all right. No, no. Honestly, honestly. Like I said before, I will never um, discredit an actor for the line of dialogue that they have to read or the direction that a director points them in. They're okay. just actors. They're right. not making the movie. They're unironically making the movie. Like, right, you know, right, right. So I can never blame them. So there are quirks there that I feel like Robert Downey Jr. or Gwyneth Paltrow or even that little kid that played um, uh, whatever his name, Harley. Yeah. I felt like they were throwing their own type of knowledge of acting into these dialogues. Like they read this and like, ah, oh, how am I gonna transcribe this? All right, let me transcribe it this way. So there were moments where Tony would talk and I'd be like. <clears throat> Shit, movie, you made me smirk. <laughs> yeah. I do like the relationship between Iron Man and Harley. I love that how that little kid is just over-enthusiastic. It's like every kid who just... Can you imagine, dude, 
just one day you go into your garage and Iron Man is just sitting in there just making trying to fix his suit. Like that, that there's moments in the movie where I'm just like, damn it, if you would just have tightened certain nuts and bolts, you would have a good damn movie. That last act of the movie is a pretty good Iron Man movie. I don't disagree there. That's how I would defend this movie. That all you got? Um, that's all I got. The act, the actors were great. There's moments in the movie that feel like What's an. What's your MCU favorite film? part of the movie? What would you tell people why they should watch this movie? What part? If would I you, had to try you, and tell people uh, to why to watch this movie, it would solely be to watch Iron Man in Tennessee react to a kid that is like his biggest fan. I like the bar fight. I do like the bar fight. I like the fact that the the junkie bitch from Breaking Bad is. <laughs> Giving him the file on all these people. Yo, I was looking at it, and I was like, that's Wendy, isn't it? No, it's the other one. No, isn't that Wendy? It's the one that kills the guy with the ATM machine. Oh, that's um the skank. Stop calling me skank. Skank, yeah, yeah, yeah skank. Yeah, yeah, that's the skank yeah, yeah, yeah. actress. Spooge. Spooge, Spooge and skank. And skank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ain't no skank. She was upset. Just don't call the girl a skank, man. Shit, don't call her a skank. That's, that that's my piece. That's how I'm going to go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now comes the fun part. Matter of fact, would you pass me one of those Coors Light? Ooh, Coors Light, the official drink of the comic book Clickmas. It's cold activated. No, no, no. I want a, I want a margarita, but it's cold activated. <laughs> <laughs> no, mojito. I quit. It's like, make me a mojito. Opens the beer. I quit. I quit. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay, Dan, here comes a systematic... Uh, Dismantling. Of, all right, don't of worry because I'm ready to pull shit out my ass to defend well, that's it. That's what this. That's what we're here for. First of all, after watching this thing, it really 100 percent feels like a weird ass Marvel TV made for TV ex- Christmas movie. Yeah, basically, it I feels not. like a, a step down from the films. It feels it feels like Olaf's Great Adventure. It feels like Aladdin two or three. King of Thieves. Whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll take like, two. Don't mess with three. It feels like Lion King one and a half. It feels like the extra part. Like, if you like, you still like this stuff, right? Here, you can watch this on ABC Family. It's going to be coming on it, Iron Man's Adventure or whatever. Christmas so, with the Iron Man. But it's fine because then you also got this weird, weird, weird. I don't know why they went this route. Maybe because of all the kiss, kiss, bang, bang. But this weird secret agent Tony Stark like all of a sudden he has all the stealth and techniques of a vigilante like all of a sudden he can he, he literally never had to have any of this stuff before because he has a suit that does all of it and now he has and exactly now we have to see if Tony Stark is really Tony Stark even without that Iron Man suit and the last line of the movie proved that even without my technology I am Iron Man but what did he do from step A to step C what, what did he do in B to be better than he was in A he I, he never trained additionally. He didn't know the suit was gonna go off on him. Was gonna quit on him. So it's he not just like spent, he, he just spent fighting New York with an espionage spy agent and was, a shield member. Like, but he wasn't. Who's to say he didn't learn? He wasn't doing karate chops. He, he what? No, he was having fighting training in Iron Man Two with Happy. There was actually he was actually going through MMA training. The guy and, and the guy that was training him got his ass kicked by Black Widow. But that's Black Widow. You just. You just said it yourself. But I'm saying, do you think Tony Stark can take out Black Widow? Do I think Tony Stark can take yes. out Black Widow? Hand to hand, hand to hand combat. Yes. No. I'm gonna say no as well. But then again, Bucky beat her ass. But that's Bucky. Well, Bucky's the man. But like, I, but like you were saying, yes, this isn't this isn't the the MTU movie that we thought of, of course. Right. But it's only its fifth year in. 
thank God it's only his fifth year in because then five years later we get nothing but masterpieces. Well, we get this and Dark World and those two one those two the one two punch of that of that might have derailed. Two thousand and thirteen quite... wasn't a good year for movies in general, let alone the MCU. There was there was something in the water in twenty thirteen that movies just weren't doing good. And I feel them. I don't understand it, but I feel them. And the thing is, I'm all for the whole Tony Stark, you know, let's see what's in the man instead away from the suit, yada 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 stuff, right? My issue is like he's like taking out guards, he's like taking cover, he's leaping from from place to place. I've never seen Tony Stark do any of this stuff. And he only seems to be doing it because he's put in this situation. He seems totally down to do it. Oh, yeah, but imagine all of the fight moves that he does as Iron Man. Are we just going to say that that's just the suit guiding his arms where to go? And even if that is true, it, that the it suit... becomes a Luke Cage thing of it. Where does Luke Cage ever have to formally learn how to fight? Or is his level of strength, would his level of strength make everything effective? True. And that's how I feel about Iron Man. You don't have to learn how to throw a punch. He could just swing his arm in your general direction. An iron fist. But after five at years you. of being Iron Man, you're telling me that he has no muscle memory? Well, the thing is, he's never had to fight. Even when in Iron Man One, he's not fighting people. He's just blowing them up. Oh no! Yeah, in Iron Man One, everybody that he had, everything that he had to take down, he was doing it from far away. Iron Man Two, it's the same thing. Remember that one laser that kills everybody? Oh, I should have done that from the beginning. He's a he's a he's a distance fighter. That's the reason why when he fights Cap hand to hand. They're like, oh my god, this system is like, oh my god, Captain America is whooping her ass. Because Tony, you ain't got it like that, B. You understand? This is the first movie that got me starting to like, not like Tony Stark. This and Age of Ultron. Because ultimately he ends up creating Ultron, but that's a whole other thing. We're going to keep it at this thing, at this uh, right here. Because, so I'm sitting there like, okay, Christmas. Um, I said made for TV movie. And then when I when those two things came into my head, plus the addition of ABC Family that that, that I sprinkled in as an insult, one thing came to mind: Home Alone three. Oh, here we go! Now you're gonna make me have to defend two movies. And so you got Home Alone three in this film, all the way down to the discount Macaulay Culkin. Oh my god! <laughs> Alex D. Lynx is not a discount Macaulay Culkin. The same way that you just got bowl cut. Little boy number three in Home Alone 3, you just did it again. But it's fine because Keener, Harley Keener, has way more character and way more oomph than, than, uh, not than Macaulay Culkin, not than Kevin McCaster. Kevin McCaster is a, a sociopath. But then um, the other guy, I don't even remember what the other one's name was. Alex D. Lynx was the actor. The kid's name, I think it was Alex. Most likely it was Alex. But you know, you know what's pretty funny about that? Your whole comparison of Iron Man 3 is just Home Alone 3. Mm-hmm. Home Alone 3 had had uh, Scarlett Johansson. It did. That was, she was a sister, wasn't She it? was the oldest sister. <laughs> this kid, Harley, his whole story is depressing. And Tony just gives him more bullshit on top of it. But that's the beauty of Tony. So it's like, you, so as long as we don't deviate away from the character that you gave us five years ago, I can't get mad at him for but any kind of... we're talking about a franchise that's supposed to show character progression. And it finally does five years into the future. It, it does... It but takes, you don't need this film to do that. You no, can take I know, three yes. completely out of the entirety of the MCU. Well, we've already spoke about it, that if you take Iron Man 3 out of the MCU... You could only t- have Iron Man, Man 3 or, or Age, Age of Ultron. Ultron. You can't That's have it. one or the other. And right. if you had to choose, yeah, Iron Man 3 would definitely go. And it goes because, like I said again, Tony just gives this kid bullshit 
the entire time, and I get it. I get that, that what they're trying to do there. But my beef is that we don't even get to see what happens to the kid at the end. Nothing. Can you imagine Elon Musk shows up at your house with his cyber truck, right? <laughs> my God. His cyber truck is out back, and he's like, Bro, I need you to help me fix the Cybertruck. Oh, by the way, here's a weapon you can use on all your enemies. Yo, if need I be. can't believe he really gave this kid a flashbang. He gave him a flashbang grenade to use on, on school bullies. Little kids. Like, this kid is like eight years old. He tells the kid you don't have to be a pussy. It's like, up. This isn't a this isn't a Marvel MCU Disney film. I'm sorry, but that that was the that was the first line of that entire movie. That was credited as the first line where I said, "Oh shit!" There's a, and there's a, there's another. Like my time dad left kinda... for Seven uh, Eleven to get lottery tickets. I guess he won because I haven't seen him s- since. He's like, "Oh well, life goes on. Dads leave. No need to be a pussy about." And it. let's talk a little bit about that. I think the kid was a little bit sociopathic in his description of his father leaving. I don't think a kid his age with that thing says it like that. He went and got some scratchers. I guess he won because he never came back. Yeah, no. that's pretty cynical. That was, yeah, that, that's like something that you tell as a joke on literally on stand-up comedy. That's a, that's a joke adults make. You know? Right. That's not You're something not a kid says that. as a matter-of-fact type fact. Like, But maybe this kid is, is uh, mentally there, mentally mature. Maybe this kid is the type. To be, you know, a little bit more, uh, you understand the world a little bit more than he seems, or more than than his age. But then you realize that this kid has a horrible life. His father walked out on him, and his mother has no idea what he's doing. She works at a diner at Dude, like the, night. The, How many kids? All right, this latchkey is latchkey kids. <laughs> it's not even. It, well, I haven't heard that word in a while. Yeah, well, Jesus I, Christ! I have to bring things back. The, the problem is. <laughs> I think it's been going on since all the way in back in Iron Giant. Now, this isn't a, a snap at Iron Giant. It's just how many movies are we going to get that the, that the main kid is like 10 years old who has a single mom and she works as a diner at night doing overtime? Yeah. How many mothers in like those rural Midwestern areas are? And I need to know, mothers that listen to our podcast, are you a single mom? Is your son 10 years old at home right now? And are you serving people coffee and pie? That's all I want to know. Yes, yes, uh, and yeah. It's, it seems like a trait for all of these, for all these little boys. Yeah, because was it? The... Um, what's her name's a waitress as well. Uh, uh, Sarah Connor's a waitress. Yes, she is. <laughs> Sarah Connor's a waitress. Yeah. There, there's a, oh, there's yeah. so many waitresses that have little boys that are the main characters of the movie. My point is, Elon Musk fell out of the sky. And doesn't check up on his, on this boy whose troubled home life is so bad that he's allowed to play buddy cop with a billionaire tech genius and his mother has absolutely no idea. And Tony just leaves because he's... Harley's life is so jacked up that Tony can just leave and there'd be no repercussions. And so what does Tony do? Leave with no repercussions. Why that kid shows up for his funeral? I have no freaking clue. Because this guy got left in the dirt. Okay, I gotta bring that up because... All right. In Endgame, when I noticed that kid, and I'm like, yo, who is that? Is that who I think it is? I told I told Jasmine, I'm like, yo, that kid was in Iron Man 3. But I said that without actually knowing the full-on relationship that they had in Iron Man 3. Now that I see the relationship they had in Iron Man 3, yeah, why the fuck did he show up to his crew? I, don't know I would never have shown Tony up to Tony never him. reached back out. Tony never checked in. Yo, in 10... Tony never... Nothing. And, and for, for us, it's only like four or five years. In their world, it's been fifteen. Yeah, because it was like the, how old? 
is. Like how big he is in the funeral. Like holy crap. Out of control. Uh yeah, and so yeah, I, I said he was sociopathic in his um description for his father, but at one point he tells Tony, like, you're gonna leave me just like my dad did, aren't you? And he's faking it. Something's wrong with this child. Which might be right up Tony Stark's alley. That's probably why Tony Stark, you know, we're connected. Hey man, the kid lives in Tennessee and he's all he gets bullied by people. So. I don't even know why you why I printed out the uh the the <laughs> plot synopsis for this film. Because I already got it. Right? Tell me if this sounds familiar. A fanboy is slighted by his hero and he swears revenge. Oh, here we go. On the one who betrayed him in his eyes. The child spends years cultivating a persona similar similar to his now hated rival, all the while working behind the scenes to orchestrate a confrontation between them. He then tricks the hero into working alongside them, only to capture them. The villain's pretty henchwoman isn't on board with the villain's plan, and the villain monologues while the hero has his hands bound. Hero has to realize he shouldn't rely on his old tricks and he can't fix things alone, ultimately choosing to put his ego aside. My guy, did you really print up the synopsis for Incredibles? Those he loves. No, I typed that from memory. And it's the same exact film. And guess what? It's not even only Syndrome. He's basically Jim Carrey's Riddler. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Or what's his face from Casino Royale or whatever? It's all these obsessive. Uh, you know, you, you should have gave me a chance. Why did you leave me this way? Why did you leave me on so red, it's Tony? Mysterio from Far From Home. It's Obadiah Stane. And no, the fir- it's no, the- no, no, no. Because Mysterio wasn't obsessed with Tony. He was obsessed with getting his revenge. True. Because Tony's an asshole. <laughs> that just happens to me. Those group of people just happen to be problems that Tony Stark causes. But this, again, I feel like Shane Black just pulled from the most popular things of the last decade and stitched them together to make this film. That's why you have this very Incredibles situation here and i'll even go with some of the thread that you left hanging complete waste of the iron patriot complete Complete waste waste of the the iron patriot Patriot. the iron patriot suit is introduced in the dark avengers storyline it's an amazing storyline um in which you see that the invasion of the shape-shifting scrolls has caused society to mistrust the avengers so the government creates their own hero team and puts norman osborne at the head at the head of it so Norman, being an egotist, says he's basically as good as Iron Man and Captain America. It's basically into making one. Lex Luthor the leader of the of the Justice League. But then also, if Lex Luthor was like, "I'm as good as Batman and Superman rolled into one," because basically he's like, "I'm as good as Iron Man and Captain America rolled into one," and thus we get the Iron Patriot, a fake Iron Man slash Captain America pers- uh, persona, being used by a maniac that can unravel at any time. So, it um. And this is like literally just a style choice. It's literally just a pain. No, it like was, a PR. It was, honestly, it was a it was a like a Easter egg for fans. It was, it was a PR moment. It's a waste of the suit. It's definitely a waste of the reveal. But if you want to talk reveals? Aldrich isn't a better villain villain than the Mandarin. He isn't. He just isn't. You know what? You know what? I... All right. I love these witches' verses, and I will always be on these witches' verses because they're just they're just fun. It's fun. Yeah, they are. But when there's a movie I can't win. There's a movie I can't win. The goddamn Ben Kingsley Mandarin bullet. And then when he's in jail. Did you see the Marvel one shot for Iron Man I 3? Did. Yes, I did. Uh, that where he's actually the Mandarin the whole time and it was just a well, whole. he's not the Mandarin the whole time. There is a Mandarin who goes to kill him in prison for pretending to be the Mandarin. Like. That's basically what happens is that um somebody goes to interview Trevor Slattery in prison. Like, what was this all about? And all stuff. And one of the people in prison has the Ten Rings tattoos, shoots the documentary guy, and goes to shoot Trevor on some, 
you you've been faking. You understand? Know this shit is real, and we know that the that the Ten Rings and the Mandarin are real because we'll see them in Shang Chi. Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Yeah, Legend of the Ten Rings. So I cannot wait for that. But my thing is, man, all of the trailer and the promotional materials had us fearing this like slow talking, high concept. Dude, did you see? All right, the trailer. I for went Iron back Man 3? to see it. It's the greatest trailer for a movie that doesn't exist. They'll never see me coming. I'm uh, going to give you a choice. You know, live or whatever or die. And that shit is so, so eerie, good. so, so great. Um, it's a hell of a rebrand. You know, I I get it because of the whole like Mandarin Fu Manchu and he's green. It's, it's a little bit long nails. It's a little bit, you know, maybe racist. Okay, but look at Shang, look at Shang Sun. In the first Mortal Kombat movie from 1997 or six, but imagine called... if he was called Shang Tsung the Chinese. This guy's called the Mandarin. I get that he's called you know the Mandarin, but if you could take it's like, like the a... Russian and he has like the you know the axe and the sickle, Punisher with Thomas Jane. But you can tell the he was Russian. I guess you couldn't really tell he was Russian. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like in this they were trying to go above and beyond to be like. But then again, like Ben Kingsley really takes roles that he shouldn't be taking. Ben King, this actor that I played, the I think ma- he saw the original trailer and was like, "Oh, I'm totally down for that." And they were like, "Oh yeah," because guess what, Dan? That Mandarin twist, that ain't a motherfucking Shane Black thing. That ain't a John Favreau thing. Nope. That ain't even an RDJ thing. It's a goddamn Guy Pierce thing. Guy Pierce is the one who put the idea in the head of the director that, really? oh, maybe that I was... should have been the figurehead of this whole thing from I the beginning. I hate Guy and Pierce. And thus, we have this. Some of those videos, I can still watch those videos in Iron Man 3. They're chilling. They're fucking, they, um, you know, sorry for my language. They're, they're terrifying you know the whole like the 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 america was built on taking advantage of native americans in one instance the native americans went to go do something and so the americans came through hunt pillaged raped and took everything away from the native americans because the soldiers were gone so guess what i'm gonna bomb an air base because i know that those soldiers are going on maneuver Soldiers are gone. Guess you could just do what we want, huh? And I was like, this is some chilling, real. There was so much potential the for this imagery, movie. The imagery, all that Al-Qaeda, what's the new one we're fighting? ISIS? <laughs> all, all of that stuff. And in 2013, I was a year removed from the military. And we were, and that was, didn't, um, wasn't that the year Bin Laden was... So, quote what? unquote, 11, killed. I want to say 11 or 12. Was it 11? I was still overseas. Because I, re- I remember it was over the limit. John Cena was in the main event for the <laughs> WWE title. Oh, he said at the end, didn't he? And when he won, the, he, he beat whoever he beat. I think it was like Randy Orton or something. Over the limit, I want to say big show. And then he went on top of the announcer's table with a mic with the WWE championship in his hand and said, I just wanted to let everybody know at blah, 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 10 p.m., whatever, at night. We have captured and eradicated Osama bin Laden. I'm like, yo, Cena, shut the fuck up. Eradicate. Eradicate. Blogons. Blogons. Uh yeah, man. I'm so I'm so upset with that. Because then you got Trevor Trevor the actor, and Trevor was basically a druggie who used to prostitute for drugs. They said they found him on the street. He, he, he said, I, I was into drugs and I used to do things for drugs, things you probably shouldn't do. He was prostituting himself. And uh, Killian trusts him 
this druggie, this heroin druggie, as the face of his whole organization. And when pushed even just I mean, a Walter little bit, trust, uh, trusted Jesse. But the thing is, when pushed even a little bit, Trevor gives the whole thing away. Jesse yeah, doesn't. Yeah, true. Jesse that's doesn't. True. And when they find out that he's spoken, they don't handle him. He goes to jail where he then gets to testify against everybody. That doesn't seem like an all just killing master plan stroke. Should have killed his ass. I think got enough footage. You can put some subtitles and do your man videos as you want to. Just seemed very, very weird. Um, so the biggest issue with Iron Man 2, we're talking about Iron Man 2. I think Iron Man 2 is a good movie. Uh, it, it's enjoyable. doesn't beat part one. But I think the biggest issue in Iron Man 2 is that Tony's story is suffocated by the outside world. So you got meeting Black Widow. You got Fury recruiting for the Avengers. You got the um, emergence of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Phil Coulson. And all those things go on at the exact same time as... Justin Hammer doing the things that he's doing. Tony trying to treat himself for toxicity. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke's revenge. Revenge, revenge thing. A lot going on. Oh, also, um, it was the government trying to get Tony's suit. And the government trying to get Tony's suit. A lot of stuff was going on. Yeah, that, wow. Wow. So Iron Man I, 2 was really like... So I guess in this film they decided not to clue, include any of that? So the problem with 2 was this, there was too much. The problem with 3 is there, there's none. There's no shield, even though the president I don't is being captured. How they There's no Avengers. Like Iron Man, and then just couldn't do anything with it. There's no shield, even though the president's captured. There's no Avengers, even though this is a worldwide threat. Um, Tony, as somebody who has like Tony Stark, is a person that we we have to believe. If he got set in a rocket and landed on Antarctica, that he would literally find some way to send a suit to himself via satellite. Or something like that. I don't believe that he could just be in disabled the way, he was, the way he was in this film. The way he was completely unplugged. Oh, it's all gone. I have to charge the suit and if it, I hope it works. It's like you do contingency plans on contingency plans. Uh, passwords on top of passwords. Um, AI on top of AI. Back, um, like, um, back burner AI. When did Dark Knight come? No, sorry, cut you off. When did Dark Knight Rises come out? 13. 20, 13? Yeah. And how many people had issues... With Batman going from Nendapar Bat all the way back to Gotham with no, just just our knowledge of Bruce I Wayne think and that's Batman. One of the, I think that's one of the things that people, when thinking about it, do have rub up, rub up against and have an issue with. Like, where does this come from? How can all of a sudden? So if he, so exactly with Iron Man, like his whole house was blown up. All of his suits are trapped under in his in his basement, and his his only suit that could be able to remote to the other ones and do communication. Is dead, no battery, no energy. So if he would have went from Tennessee with a broken, busted suit all the way back to California in two scenes, everybody'd be like, "Oh, how can he do that? He's smart." We but need you know, it's funny. I would believe it with Tony. I don't know why. But we got I, to I always, see him recharge his always, suit. In I that guess shed. I always believe that he has incredible resources. I always believe that he has stuff all over. Veronica, it shoots down from a satellite. But he, but that's in Age of Ultron. We get that this after. the next time we see Iron Man. See, that's the <laughs> problem with these two movies that's existing. That's, yeah, but, so then we could go with your thought of having Veronica in the sky. That means that she was in the sky the whole time. How is he communicating if he can't, if he has no technology? Right. He needs to charge the... I, w- I would like to believe that even if that suit doesn't have enough energy to do uh, repulsive blasters and proton repulsive cannon... Blast. That it would at least have enough energy to communicate with any suit that it needs or Veronica in the sky. Yeah. But he needs to be able to charge the suit first to at least be able to use the phone. But it never gets there. 
We have it in the in the garage with the kid. No, he charges it up, but in, it's never charged up to do a bigger task. That, more no, no, so, no, yes, you're right more on that. More so than I can't just to wear that. it. I can't dispute the fact that, like, it, this was my problem with both of these movies. It has the potential, and then when I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna do it, it disappoints me, and it doesn't do it. I also think that, for the most part, unless you're really, really digging his shtick, Tony's kind of unlikable in this film. But I feel like Tony's Tony as a character, they make him unlikable as a per- but I on feel purpose. In this one, he's like mean. Me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. All right. I don't know if it's just me. Like he's a dick to the kid. He's a dick to the super fan. The oh my god, I love you. I tattooed. Oh wait, 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 wait. Yada yada yada. Oh wait, wait, no. Because I was gonna say because because uh, anything pre two thousand eight. Yeah. You tr- you have oh, to chalk that a, straight up to dick. he is yeah, the, he's dick. the dick. And that's fine. I'll, I'll give it. But he gives shit to the kid. He gives shit to the Superman. He gives shit to Happy. George, let me, let's th- throw you a scenario your way. You're walking from work to go to Supergirl's house, and some guy with a yellow, bright comic book click <laughs> t-shirt stops right. you on the street and shows you his forearm, and it's your George the Don. You got the, the sunglasses right, and the right, fedora. Right. You're not going to be a, at least... Yes, enthous- happy that someone appreciates your work that much, but you're not going to be at least a little creeped out that someone has their f- your face on their arm for life. I feel like that's just something he could have just glanced past. He could have made a joke about it, but he kind of like plays him. He kind of like, you know, he kind of like, let the guy model his whole face Hispanic Scott Bale. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that like, was a funny on. line, though. His, he's like, hey, I got this tattoo. S- Hispanic Scott Bale. <laughs> and then the, the Maya character is basically useless. All right, cute but useless. That Maya character, villain off the jump. There is no way I'm not stupid. Oh, there is no way that at I one point tell... they're trying to like be like she's a tweener, like she's not as bad as she is. Straight. Says Listen, she is. the second Killian breaks into the hotel, she's like, "Wait, we have her now. We have incentive for Stark." I'm like, "Okay, I knew this was coming." The second he left you in a hotel room in Switzerland, you were gonna be the I feel. But in that scene, she says. He's like, what are you doing here? Something like that. She says, I didn't know you were going to... I didn't know you and the Master were going to attack now. Making me believe that the Master she's referring to is the Mandarin. Yeah. Making me also believe that Maya doesn't know that fuck... That that Aldrich is the Mandarin? So then Aldrich isn't the Mandarin and he's just talking shit. At least in this he's the Mandarin. He's the one... He's the ma- who else would be the master? I, so <laughs> who else uh, would be the? That's what that's the question I wanted to ask you when I remember when I was remembering these one shots. Can can we consider one shots co- real continuity? Yes. Then, however, 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 go ahead with your however. This is which is worse between these two films. I cannot. So add you can't add one shot continuity, continuity for. Yeah, these... I can't add additional continuity here. I have to. All right, then that's the just stupid of, writing, and I, I got no defense what for that. It is. I don't understand whether or not she did know Aldrich was the Mandarin or not. She says, I didn't know you and the master were going to attack. Which makes me think that she thinks that Trevor is a legit bad guy. Well, what if she does think... What if she's not full on to the plan that she really does think Trevor is the Mandarin? Then she seems like a useless uh, uh, co-conspirator? But we knew she was a useless co-conspirator. Because, alright, we get her once... For the first time we got her, sorry, first time we got her was in Switzerland, 1999. Tony leaves her a note saying, you know who I am. I'm an asshole, basically. And then we see Thanks her. Thanks for the screw. Basically. Then after, <laughs> after Happy ends up in the hospital, yeah. he, uh, Tony Stark says, here's my address. 
Maya comes to his house and starts trying to plead him and have a change of heart. You have an argument over the bear. And then the next time we see her was the hotel room, girls having little girl time. And in between there, we get the scene in every Iron Man film of Tony Stark making a phone conversation to Pepper Potts, apologizing for all his stupid actions and how he's definitely going to come home, but he can't come home right now, Pepper. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Every film, Dan. Every single one. All of them. And then you got Rhodey. I hated this one the most. I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to defend this one, but I hated this one the most. Because literally, her house just got blown up. He gave his address to a bad guy. His ex shows up at her house. I know I'm supposed to be defending this, but this shit pissed me off. His ex of 10 years ago shows up at, at her house. Her house just got blown up. She's put in a suit of a, of a thing she also, hates. And she's also been... The entirety of Stark Industries was dropped on her lap. In the last film. And when she puts on this damn helmet and hears his voice, she instantly smiles? Instantly. Hey, Pepper, I know the... Yeah, she... Yeah. I'll get to her in a bit, but let me get to my boy, uh, James Rhodes, because Rhodes is constantly being tricked. All right, story. you want to talk about useless freaking characters in this Rhodes, movie. B. That... And you know what? It's... It's not me trying to be disrespectful. It's me being saddened because I actually like Don Cheadle I, as War Machine. I will go to, to the length of saying, and maybe there's a, a couple cores in me, but I'll go to the length of saying that they there's more groundwork laid in the scene of Tony and Rhodey on the plane with the stripper pole than there is in Iron Man 2 or 3. Terrence Howard, baby. You see Terrence more of Howard. the patience that Terrence Howard has to have, or Rhodey has to have, James Rhodes has to have for Iron Man, his best friend, but understanding who he is and all of that. I don't I don't feel that in this. I don't feel that they gave me that friendship in this in this film. I okay. I know it's not this film, but the Iron Man 2, I did feel the friendship between Rhodes and I feel Iron it Man. I feel it when he feels like you're drunk, I have to take the suit away from you. But even then, he took it away and he didn't hold it until Tony was ready. He sold it to the government. Well, but you know that, like, no, 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 no. He didn't sell it to the government. He His gave di- it to the government. He didn't even give it to the government. His directive was to take that suit away from Stark. So then they're not friends. <laughs> All right. You know what I'm saying? No, no. So then they're not friends. As somebody that's in the military, you understand that there is a certain thing called court-martialed. Yes. 100%. Where you will get arrested by the mil- not even federal, not state... The military arrest. They never tried to arrest Tony Tony Stark by himself. He got to do a hearing, but then he got to do what he did. You think he, say what he said I and walk like out? They're probably afraid. Like if they come to his house, he'll do something. So crazy. then they send a, a random. They send member his friend. Of the airport. They send of the, of the air force. Sorry. They send his friend who should be able to reach Tony through friendship over some guy in a suit that's gonna talk very like professionalism, like Mister Stark. If someone comes to you and says Mr. Serrano, but someone also but comes to you and says George, get Phil there's... Coulson. Phil Coulson seems to know how to get into his house in all these films. See that that that's just the problem with Iron Man too that we didn't have enough Phil Coulson. I just feel like there, this is a point inside this film where Rhodey's inside the Iron Patriot armor and they're they're taking a circular saw to it. They're like trying to cut it at the calf. Uh, no, I think that they were, they were like trying that. to. No, they were trying to. Oh, uh, break into it so it opens up. Like they're yeah. trying to breach it so it just automatically opens. But all just tries to use the heat, you know, and then that's what eventually opens. That's it up. what opens up. Yeah. Um, but when he initially tries to start using the heat, they're like, "Don't do the heat because it's going to damage the suit." 
And then he's like, what does it matter? Oh, you guys can just make me another. Right. Then if that's the case, why don't just make me and one? And if that's the case, what do you think a saw is going to do? What do you think a saw is going to do to this thing? You're about to can opener this whole machine. It doesn't make any sense. But let's go to what you want to talk about. Let's talk about Peppa Mother in Pots. George, how long have we had major issues uh, group chat open since we started major issues? Since yeah. we started major issues? Yeah. So you... Greg, who's listening, uh, Yogi, who's listening, and Jarvis, who's listening, everybody that's listening knows how vocal I am of how much I hate Pepper Potts. But I can't go against her in this movie. It's not. I don't actually have a problem with her. My issue is with the character because I feel like Pepper, who had a, an entire company thrown on her in the last film, is struggling to keep this company together. She all, has Happy now as her own bodyguard. But the entire time that she's trying to keep this company together, Tony's not there supporting her or helping her. He's unraveling. And it's not under the pressure of running the company. The, that's the point of his PTSD. He's like, he, 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 he handed her the company in Iron Man 2 when he was feeling that he couldn't juggle both lives. Then came Avengers, where he went, goes through wormholes, sees aliens exist, the world is much bigger than just Earth. Now we're going to jump into Iron Man 3, where this guy is literally dealing with... The, if, if our continuity is correct, it's only been, what, six, seven months since... Iron Man. They said it. Six months, right? Yeah, it was like six months between Iron Man, uh, and three and Avengers. Seven months after. Seven uh, months after uh, the battle for New York. Not to go, not to delve into your own little personal life, but how long did it take you to truly get past certain aspects of your PTSD? Oh, I totally, I totally, uh, I like the PTSD aspect with Tony. My issue with the PTSD aspect with Tony is there's no resolution to that. He never, but that's the thing is he never gets resolution in any movie after this. He still has that paranoia, which makes him create Ultron. The, but we don't see the levels of panic attack. How does it go from someone mentioning New York and I can't breathe to let's build a suit of armor around the world? Like where there's no um, resolution for the PTSD stuff. There's no resolution for the extremists in Pepper. This yeah, thing that's he, volatile and can he, explode? He said he's... Well, he stabilized, didn't he? He stabilized <laughs> it. Yeah, that's literally a word you write down in the script, right? Like, this is an impossible thing that's blowing up people around well, the world. If they, but, if they, but if they wanted Tony Stark to help fix the flaws of extremists, then that means he knows how to fix the flaws of extremists, which means he can neutralize anything that's in Pepper. I'm assuming for this one particular thing that they need done which means get it out of Pepper but what about Happy Happy's in he's basically yeah, but he, he needs have rehab ex- he needs to be able to walk none of that stuff they, he blows <laughs> he gets blown up in the first third of this film and then there's and then a then down Abbey there's a Downton Abbey joke and that's it I oh my god alright <laughs> every time they were they made that Downton Abbey joke it li- literally Took me out of the movie. Like, you know that people say, oh, it took me out of the movie, took me out of the No, no, no. This literally took me out of the movie. Because the first time Stark made that Downton Abbey joke, you know what I thought of? Mm. Community. Uh, of, uh, I was like, oh, this is basically Britta trying to show Abed a new show in Community. What and, was the name of that show? Um, Cougar. Oh, no, he shows her the Cougar, Cougar Town King. original. Yeah, Because it was remade from a UK... Of one, and it was yeah, only two like, seasons. It's called, like, Cougarton something. I can't remember. Cougarton. My thing is, like, Tony just gets over the whole thing just in time for Avengers 2. And speaking of Avengers 2, 3, and 4, there are a lot of suits in those films. The very suits he promised not to need anymore. This is my issue with Pepper Potts. He chose Pepper and Love over Iron Man, but I guess he really did it. Because and of so Iron, yeah. at the end of the day, 
Tony lo- never loved Pepper more than he loved being Iron Man. And he showed that to her at every point. And she never, ever gave him shit about it. She was like, I guess that's I'm just I guess that's the kind of guy I'm with. What do you mean never gave him for three movies? All we get is this annoying character. It's like, can you stop being Iron Man? Can you stop being Iron Man? Can you stop being Iron Man? Become CEO of my company. Can you stop being Iron Man? Will you marry me? Can you stop being Iron Man? Here's a daughter. Point, at every point that he gets she gives him shit. She gets what she wants. But he won't give her what she he really wants, what she asks for all the way in endgame. Which is just chill it the hell out. No, no, by endgame, she's like, I by stopped endgame, asking. She's over it. Yeah, yeah. she's like, I, I, I stopped knowing to ask you for permission a because long time you won't, ago. You don't view or respect me at the level that you view and respect oh Iron God, Man. You're right, Dave. I've been saying that so for becomes, so long, I never she thought becomes about it. A, a, a mat. She becomes a welcome mat for Iron Man. He's going to do what he wants to do regardless, Pepper. And so if you love him, stay with him. Because and he'll show up and give you a box full of of uh, fruits that you're allergic to because you can't even <laughs> freaking remember what the hell can kill you or not. So then that's not even a, your issue with this movie particularly. No, my it's issue, your issue is with, with this. My issue with this movie is that Pepper is both the damsel in the and distress and the Deus Ex Machina, and I don't think you can be both. Um, I feel like they want her to be a badass. Whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait. Damsel in distresses at the end of the day are always that Deus Machina because the the when the main uh, hero goes to save that damsel in distress, the bad guy is always distracted with the hero with the damsel in distress ends up getting free somehow and stopping but never the villain landing and saying, the killing blow on the villain. But they always end up giving them that edge. It doesn't even. But that, there wasn't any edge. She stabbed. No, yeah, she, she gave. Like, no, no, she, she didn't gave, hand over You're the right knife. that they never. She give, stabbed him. You can say that you're right that they never give him the killing blow, but just because they never personally give the killing blow doesn't mean that they don't help our hero give that killing blow. That's still a co-conspirator. That's still what's that? What's that word on when you're um an accomplice? An a, still an accomplice. She is. If I give you the gun and you use that gun to kill somebody, I gave you the but gun. But just prior to this, she was being held somewhere that he had to go get her. No, yeah. Remember? No, like you're he right. He had no. to go get you're... But all of a sudden, she's good. She's good and she's free because she has the strength. And it's not blowing up her like it blew up everybody else. She actually has kind of a handle on it. See, that, that's the, the suit... DOS machina that you could talk about. That's the crap of this movie where it's like every other person that had the extremis was unstable. Didn't know how to handle it, but the minute we give it to our main character, our good guy, yes, and they're she handling gets to wear Iron Man suit. She gets to wear the helmet. She gets to wear that the hand. Is that a comic book thing? thing? Is so that she's a... rescue? No, but I mean, like in the in the comics, is there a? I know there's a female Iron Man. Well, she's rescue. That's what I'm saying. She's re- they, they oh, a, her they name is a rescue. Suit called rescue. Sorry, they create a suit and a persona called rescue. It's an Iron Man suit, but with no offensive, like nothing that can hurt people. It's a rescue. It's just straight. They really do that to that poor yo. I've always hey, I've always for some reason I've always hated the writing behind Pepper Potts, but I'm starting to feel bad for her now. I just it's just come on. Um, so yeah, the future movies of the MCU fully nullify the emotional impact of this film. The emotional impact of the ending of I am always going to be Tony Stark watching the 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 lab blow up and all the machines blow up. Even in the beginning, I feel like they do that, that because of Iron Man two. He was kicked out of being looked for as an Avenger. And then in the in Avengers, they asked him to be an Avenger. In Iron Man 2, he spent the entire movie looking for an element that could keep him alive for his chess piece. While having to and deal with everything And he throws out the chess piece in Iron Man 3. God, he really did create an element. Just And does he tell you know anybody about this about? element? Like, none of this stuff matters because he's Tony Stark. He just do whatever he wants. He's just cool, whatever. Because he, uh, he is a deus ex machina. Rhodey 
Full bird colonel with seemingly years of combat training. Can't take out nobody at Killian's camp. Not even close. Sees some fire and kind of just takes a knee. And this is before fire, the this is before the fucking civil war back injury too. Yeah. So he should be ready to go. Tony Stark going full James Bond and shit. But and then you got a whack post credit scene. That's all I'll leave you with. You got uh, you got Tony Stark talking to the Hulk, which is like, come on, like that's 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 neither here nor there. You really get to the wait 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 re- wait a minute wait a minute. There's an end credits because I really yes, really it's it's I Tony, sh- you realize that Tony Stark has been telling. All of this, all the mon- all the voiceovers. Oh, I remember that end credit. That's for Iron Man um, three. Yeah. Okay, because I once on YouTube, this was before Infinity War. They had like a nice twenty nine minute video of all the MCU end credit scenes, and a lot of them I, at that time when I wasn't watching the movies, I didn't remember uh-huh. what what they were for. But as soon as that shit said written and directed by Shane Black, up oh, turning off Disney Plus. That was it. Are you uh, ready for the? Better I'm film. ready to hear you describe in detail Batman Returns, and then when you're done saying the plot, I will defend. I will be against it. Uh, you can try to do your best, Dan, because this thing holds a very special place in my heart because Batman Returns was released on June 19th, June 19th, 1992, making me a, 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 just three years old, three-year-old boy. On a budget of $80 million, it grossed $266 million, maybe not in the billions that the MCU, you know, uh, does on the daily basis at this point. But it was still chugga-chugging along. Directed by the visionary director Tim Burton. With a Rotten Tomatoes score of 79 for critic score and 73 for audience score. This movie stars the incomparable Michael Keaton. The gorgeous Michelle Pfeiffer. The uh, incomparable, I already think I said that, Danny DeVito. And come on, man. The walking, Christopher Walken. More cowbell. It's an absolute delight. It's 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 completely stylized. It's completely, I mean, people talk all the time, all the all the time about Elseworlds, right? People talk about like, you know, the Red Sun Superman. It's like, what if Superman existed in Russia or, um, uh, what's the other one called? Injustice. What if Superman turned evil? Well, this is just what if Batman existed in the Tim Burton universe? That's all it is. People always talk about. These films being vanilla and not having a style, not having a, not having. Okay, a, there's style and then there's too much style. What do you mean too much style? No, I exactly how I mean it. Too all much the, all, style. All of the failings of the Dark Knight trilogy fall at the feet of the style guide of Christopher Nolan. Then the Dark Knight trilogy. You, you take that's what I'm saying. You take the good with the bad. In in it getting so gritty and real. That was Chris Nolan's vision, but also in Catwoman never being coined Catwoman and other things happening in that film. That was also part of his vision. You get the good with the bad. In this, before we even knew what a stylized movie was, like a, a movie in the vein of a certain director, we get this. We get this this snow globe of a film. But let me get into this plot real no, quick. No, we get Paul Rubin pre-jerking off in a movie theater. What's like- wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Some people gotta make they gotta uh, some people gotta pay bills. <laughs> In the prologue, socialites Tucker and Esther Cobblepot, I did not know those were their names, give birth to a deformed baby boy Oswald. Disgusted by his appearance and a wild demeanor, they confine the baby to a cage and ultimately throw him into the sewer, where he's discovered by a family of penguins at the Gotham City Zoo. First off, pe- how did penguins in Gotham? And not just at the zoo where climate where you can it's control the climate. I'm talking about under the sewer. How but are these that's penguins where, living? That's where the penguins are. The penguins. Now I, uh, it, this is hard to see. And as someone who, 
uh, watched this movie a million times since I first seen it when I was a kid. I did not know this up front. But the enclosure for the penguins leads to the sewers. There's some sort of weird machination there. Majority of the other exhibits in the zoo are above ground. But the penguin exhibit goes down into the water. And that water is connected to the sewer. To the point where they even sort. have stadiums in the Who built a stadium in a sewer? People like people. No. Yeah, listen. That's on brand. Gotham City sewers are bananas. They're like 50 feet high. You've seen the, uh, Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. just walk through. Oh, no, no. Their sewers are huge in Gotham. Everything's great in Gotham. Um, 33 years later, the year of our Lord, millionaire Max Shrek proposes to build a power... I need more power to build a power plant to supply Gotham with energy, though he is opposed by the mayor. During Shrek's speech, Gotham is attacked by a disgraced former circus troupe, the Red Triangle Circus Gang. Uh, despite Batman's effort to stop the violence, Shrek is abducted and taken to the sewer where he meets the gang's leader, Oswald, now known as the Penguin. The Penguin blackmails Shrek with evidence of his corporate crimes into helping him return to the surface, and he accepts. Meanwhile, Shrek's secretary, Selina Kyle, played by the beautiful Michelle Pfeiffer, oh, so beautiful, discovers his power plant is meant to drain Gotham of his energy and bring the city under his control. Shrek pushes her out of the window to silence her, but she survives the fall and vows revenge, becoming Catwoman. The Penguin makes his presence known by re- rescuing the mayor's baby from a staged kidnapping attempt and requests to be allowed into the Hall of Records to find his parents. How many Catwoman movies? And I know there's only two that have like that show our origin, but two is too damn many. However many Catwoman origins are we gonna get? Where someone works for a where a Selena Kyle type stuff works for an evil corporation that pushes her out of a window and cats her at the bottom, ready to burp in her mouth and give her. A new life. I'm just saying. I don't. I'm not too sure what. I don't think they even explicitly say how she would happen in that moment. I have no idea. But the cat's just like licking and I, biting at her fingers, and then she just comes. I to. didn't get a chance to because I haven't seen the movie in a very long time, so I didn't get a chance to say it during the Catwoman, which is worse. But I'm tired of of, of Catwomans being born with cat burps in the mouth. The thing is, though. The thing is, though, and you know, I'm gonna get into this when I go into my defense. Catwoman's one of the best parts of this damn movie. She's one of the best parts of this movie when she wears that suit. Pre-Catwoman, pre-falling there's out the window. Much, there's not much pre-Catwoman, though. B- but the dialogue that they gave her is enough for me to notice. It's a little sex in the city. Honey, I'm home. Oh, yeah, that's right. I live alone. I don't need this It's a little shit. sex in the city. I, I'll give you that, but I think that they that was for a reason. Also, if the fans take away anything from this podcast that's knowledgeable, take away from the fact that stop giving cats milk i don't know where it became in the oh, movies or the tv show milk, no they're a lactose intolerant you give a cat milk they're gonna get the squirts all over your house do you want to clean cat droppings all over your house no don't give cats milk psa for the week oh well thanks i'm pretty sure the cats will thank you for that uh but 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 what's on my cat woman just falls out of a window yeah, she's just fine. The Penguin makes his presence known by rescuing the mayor's baby from a stage kidnapping attempt and requests to be allowed into the Hall of Records to find his parents. Bruce Wayne's alter ego, Bruce Wayne, uh, Bruce Wayne's alter ego, Batman's alter ego, Bruce Wayne, voices his suspicions about the Penguin's true motives and investigates his background and connection to the Red Triangle Circus Gang. During a meeting with Shrek, Wayne meets Caillou and the two become attracted to one another. In order to remove his enemies, Shrek pushes for the Penguin to run for mayor and discredit the current mayor by having the Red Triangle Circus Gang wreak havoc on the city. 
Batman intervenes and meets Catwoman as she attempts to sabotage one of Shrek's businesses. She escapes but is injured and swears revenge on Batman by allying with the Penguin to frame him for an undisclosed crime. As Wayne and Kyle begin a romantic relationship, the Penguin abducts Gotham's ice princess and kills her, framing Batman for the act, as well as causing the Batmobile to rampage and through the Gotham. And you got Gotham this from Wiki? Narrow- yeah. Wiki's wrong. He didn't kill that ice princess. Not until later. The Penguin did. Not originally. When he threw that Batarang, it was only to get the blood of the Ice Princess on a no. On a this gadget is when she's po- on the. This is when she's on the building and she falls from the building. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. yeah. Um, she he opens. Remember the umbrella full of bats. And then the Gotta bats, fly. Yeah, yeah, and the bats get in her face and then she falls off the building. Uh, but yeah, he totally killed that Ice Princess. Uh, Ice Princess. Okay. When Catwoman rejects Penguin's advances, the Penguin breaks her breaks off their partnership and attempts to kill her, but she survives by falling into a greenhouse. During the chase, Batman records the Penguin's disparaging remarks about the people of Gotham and later plays them during his next speech, destroying his image and forcing him to retreat to the sewer where he reveals his plan to abduct and kill all of Gotham's firstborn sons as revenge for what his parents did to him. Okay, this movie has two movie references in it that don't need to be there. First off, the damn, I am not a human. Animal. I am an animal. That's that's the words from the Elephant Man, where the Elephant Man was like, I am not an animal. I am a human being. Like, And then, this movie went real Moses on us. I want to kill all the firstborn sons of Gotham. All right, Charleston Heston, chill. Well, the thing is, as you were saying before, right, um... You have, I I think you're supposed to understand the juxtaposition of Bruce Wayne and the Penguin. Yeah, but in the comics, weren't Bruce Wayne and the Penguin basically like, didn't they grow up together? Weren't they? They didn't like... grow up together, but their families basically founded Gotham. So they, they have a, a, a familiarity with one another. Because I remember certain comics were, or at least background stories, where like Batman, where Bruce Wayne and Oswald Cobblepot's like hung out as cha- as like little kids. I think there are. I wouldn't be surprised that, that if those stories exist. And I think it, I think it was um, Watch Mojo Supervillain Origins on Penguin, which I should have watched to be able to prepare for this. But as far as like I can remember, and I I don't think I'm wrong. Bruce Wayne and Oswald Cobblepot like basically had play dates because of their parents. Their parents would come over, discuss the f- <laughs> discuss the future of Gotham, and while they're discussing the future of Gotham, their kids would play. So it's like. Yeah, I get the juxtaposition, but and ah, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Because <laughs> this movie's not as physically assaulting as Iron That's Man Three was. Thing. So, at a charity ball hosted by Shrek, Wayne and Kyle meet and discover each other's secret identities. The Penguin appears and reveals his plan, intending to take on Shrek's son. Intending uh, to take Shrek's son with him. There's a lot of. Sh- he really named his kid Chip. His name is Chip Shrek. I love that Chip is like doing a bad Christopher Walken impression. Like, because Christopher Walken is his father. So he's like, instead of just trying to be the son, he's trying to be the son of the actor instead of the son of the character. No. It's the same thing. Why? I need more power. <laughs> we need more power. <laughs> I just love I love, I love his... Uh... And, and another thing, because we're not there yet, but... Cause, um, no, because you just got to that part where he, the, he goes to take Chip and then Max is like, take me instead. Yes. You're at that part. Yeah. All right. Dark Knight Rises, for all of its faults, gave us a way better Catwoman, Batman, in a ball, 
in an actual costume, like not. You said you said Dark Knight Rises is better. I said that mm. Dark Knight Rises, if all of its faults, gave us a better ballroom conversation with. Nah. You're telling me that that talk nah. with with Christopher with Christian Bale and Anna pa- and Anne Hathaway was worse than this with Mackay Pfeiffer and Batman. First of all, first of all, Ma- first of all Michelle Pfeiffer. Second of all, I mean, Mackay Michelle whatever. <laughs> second of all, they barely the the conversation in which you're talking about is in conversation in which um a a cat burglar is attempting to knock down a disabled man and steal and steal his his pearls. The conversation that takes place in this film is two people no, who love each other. No, I'm talking about when they're at a when they're at the ball. When they're at that whole masquerade ball and Catwoman is wearing the mask and she's like who are right? you dressed up to be? Bruce Wayne. That little that conversation that the two of them had while they're dancing over the the future of Gotham should Gotham deserve to be saved? Should Gotham deserve to be put into into the cinder? That conversation to me was way better than the one well, given us I with think, Pfeiffer and Keaton. I'm gonna come to some conclusions. I think you are misremembering The Dark Knight Rises because I cannot remember this scene that you speak of in which they are the the part about the whole um you talking about like uh, there's a war coming, Mister Wayne, and you know you better batten down the hatches. Doesn't that because all when take... you live a, when you live so large, you're gonna wonder how you left so little for the rest of us? I love doesn't that conversation. That, but doesn't that take place in his mansion? No, no, he went to a gala. Remember, he took his Ferrari outside of the house. He went to a gala. It was the first time that he was seen as a recluse in the in seven oh, that's years. When, t- when she takes his car. When she takes his car. I'm not talking about the party at his house in the beginning. Later, but them, when... but them being, but them liking each other in my film, I think adds an, an additional mistletoe can be deadly if no, you eat it. No, but a kiss will be even first deadlier all, if you mean it. First of all, that's a great fucking line. Shut the fuck. Second man! of all, second of all, that shit is... second of all, when they kiss and they pull apart, and Selena Kyle is crying because she realizes that now they're no, gonna have to do something. That realization that that is amazing. Don't know. And then, the, and then the line of, do we, oh, we have do we to fight, fight now? now? Yeah. That's perfect. You can't beat that. Nothing in Dark Knight Rises beats that. The conversation with Anne Hathaway no. and Christian Bale was way better. I just, it's, it no. is. Especially cat- like, and then you got the part in this film where they're like making out, but they can't touch each other's scars or else they'll figure out who each other is. Awesome. All right. That's an awesome part. It's an awesome part of this of uh, this whole thing. Just like Iron Man three, this movie has moments <laughs> that give us like real character development or real like actual like pinpointing what we read in the comics. Yes, but damn it, the dialogue, the damn dialogue is just too cheesy. It's too campy. It's too Tim Burton. When we're introduced to penguins, uh, what is it? Aquatic, uh, Arctic world. Yeah. That whole camera pan through the Arctic world and mansion. That was Tim Burton. And you got the Dude, I thought someone changed the channel on me while I went to the bathroom and put on Beetlejuice. Like I like there was just too much of Tim Burton's Burton-esque for me to enjoy this as a Batman movie. I, but the thing is, I like Tim Burton. I like Nightmare Before Christmas. That's I like Nightmare jam. Before Christmas. I like and so Beetle could you Juice. imagine if there was a Batman in that world? Like, that's... It's, listen, 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 listen. Batman kills people. What are you going to say for the fact that Batman kills people in this movie? He this legit, Elseworlds. Elseworlds Batman. He this legit put Burton's, a bomb on somebody and Tim kicked Burton's, him in. This is Tim Burton's Batman. Listen. All right, so then why is everybody getting mad at Zack Snyder then? Because Zack Snyder's... This Batman... 
just like your Iron Man, doesn't interact with anybody. So he can get to pass. He doesn't have to sit next to Superman and go, oh, yeah, I kill people. I mean, you know, like, what do you do with villains? You don't kill them? Like, that would be a whole situation. Zack Snyder's Superman, Batman is the Batman for the Justice League. He's the one that's going to talk with everybody else. Oh, but Iron Man is changes. the Iron Man for the Avengers, and he has to deal where with the, the fact Avengers? that he, in this one, there where are, are the none. Avengers? But when he makes those kinds of mistakes where he's Where's killing Shield? people. He, Nick Fury? Maria Hill? Coulson? The president that's is a, being that's, a, that's an MCU problem. That's not an Iron Man 3 problem. The fact of the matter is, the MCU gave us the Avengers within four to five films of Solo. Now, I understand how awesome that is. We get an origin for Iron Man, an origin for Captain America, and Hulk, and Thor, and then we get our Avengers movie. So we're already familiar with the world that's being built around us. But when you give us the fact that we have the Avengers, and then you give us the Solo films... That things are happening where the Avengers can stop it, and we get no Avengers. That's a problem. It is. Batman guy is going to handle all this on his own. So you're lucky because this is a Batman that doesn't exist in a world of That's of it. Supermans and Green Lanterns yet. That's but it. are you going to sit here and tell me that Zack Snyder is wrong? Yes. When when twenty years it's prior, Batman is putting a bomb on somebody and pushing him in a sewer grate. We see a level. While while the line may not be definitive. We see that there is a code with my Batman. The other Batman, the Snyder Batman, tells his closest confidant that we've always been criminals. And that's not that's not the kind of mindset you should have when going out to He didn't say justice. we've always been criminals. He said they've always been criminals, Alfred. Nothing changes. No, we've always been criminals. What's the line we've always yeah, been criminals? Yeah, because it's like, what would, what would keep us from, you know, doing whatever he goes? What are you talking about? We've always been criminals, Alfred. Well, vigilantism, I guess, is illegal. But when you're when you've when you've made that decision, it's over. That you're a criminal. Yeah, it's over at that point. Then you can start branding people, I guess, and that's all cool. But let me finish up this way better, better uh, Batman film uh, plot synopsis. So, Batman foils the kidnappings and heads to the Penguin's lair. The Penguin attempts to have his army of penguins bomb the city and kill everyone in Gotham. Though Batman. And his butler Alfred jammed the signal and ordered the penguins to return to the. Another source. bullshit moment. Like you're trying to tell me that? Okay, no, no. I like the plan of the penguins going around Gotham and That's shooting the rockets. Batman. That is awesome. Yes, but you have a hundred penguins with rockets, and they're all going to one location. You couldn't send them four over here, ten over there, well, the rockets, five. Of- the rockets, I'm guessing, are gonna go wherever they go, right? The rockets were just gonna matter. blow up everything we're in that vicinity. About, yeah, we're not talking about. We're talking about a city. We're not talking about like. I think you can. Yeah, blow but that's up. like, but that's like a threatening Manhattan, and then sending four hundred penguins with rockets to Forty Second Street and Broadway. What about Harlem? What about Midtown? What about over here? What about over there? And then when we see how the rockets are shot later in the movie. They all legit go to one location. So why couldn't you send four penguins here, four penguins there? My problem with this movie I'll give is... You this. I'll give you this. This is a plan enacted by a man in a sewer. Right? Mm. Right? This is a man who, mm. has, right. who has had no formal education. <laughs> no formal... Yeah, I don't know. No formal social, uh, you know, social skills or any of those things. But anyway. All right. So then how does he know English? The other triangle circus people. That but I'm saying he was, but he, but for but the, none of them know how to do rocket science. But I'm talking. <laughs> so thank you for giving me more ammo. But I'm talking about when he, from the time that he was thrown into the sewer to yes. the time before he met the circus gang. 
Who raised him? The Pen- penguins. Who taught him English? No one. Say the penguins. No Go one. ahead. No one. The circus gang when they eventually met him. But that could be, they could have met him three months after. They could have met him three years after. They could have met him 30 years after. We don't know. But I'm assuming he has a, he's down packed with these weird... Oh, so, so these people. criminals just found the baby and decided to go raising Arizona on it instead of saying, hey, we have your baby, let's go for some ransom? Like, Well, they probably found the... They probably were hiding. If I had to create some kind of weird, long... Um, what's it called? Uh, head cannon. They Any were head probably, cannon you make They probably went Man. to hide in the zoo and figured they would hide in the one place no one's going to look, which is which happens to be, um, you know, uh, the, the, the penguin enclosure. And then they see a bunch of penguins hanging around over something. They go to see what they're protecting, and it's a kid. And so they just kind of hang out, even though penguin kind of looks like older than most of the people there. But I gotta That's what I'm saying. I know that there's an old lady with a poodle. <laughs> she seems a bit. She don't look her. old, at least not in my standards. I mean, I can get her number for you, Dan, if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Batman arrives and confronts the penguin. In the ensuing fight, the penguin falls through the wind through a window into the sewer's toxic water. Shrex escapes but is confronted by Catwoman who intends to kill him. Batwoman Batman pleads for Kyle to stop, unmasking himself in the process, ripping off his mask like a fruit roll up. Um Dude, that was the worst mask takeoff I've ever he literally ripped it from like the, the neck, neck off. Uh, they find Shrek's corpse, but Kyle is nowhere to be found. Penguin emerges from the water, but eventually dies from his injuries and from the toxic sewage before his penguin family lays his body to rest in the water. In the aftermath, as Alfred drives home, Wayne sees Kyle's silhouette in an alley, but only finds her cat, who he decided to take home with him. The bat signal appears in the sky as Catwoman, who survives, watches. So Batman adopts a cat. Where's that cat in Batman Forever? That guy, well... Did it die? Michael Keaton adopted a cat. Really? No, I'm saying in that film. Oh, in that film. Bruce Wayne, was... a.k.a. Michael Keaton, took a cat home. What happens when we get to that home and Val Kilmer's in it? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't but know. But we still got it. Michael Burrow as the freaking, um, as Alfred. Burrow. However people, you pronounce it. Burrow. People today like to sit and lament the conveyor belt-like nature of media nowadays. They say it's all cookie cutter, Dan. They say it's all safe. They got they want directors. Well, that cookie are cutter's safe. a nice way of saying cliche. Yeah, they're all the exact same shape. They're all the exact same size. So no there should be no issues. People want a director's vision. And we got it here. We have it's locked like too in. Too much. No, there's no such thing. There is such thing no, as too there much. Is no such thing. Have you ever had coffee with too much sugar? Yes, you don't know it's too much sugar until after the fact. While you're drinking it, it's delicious. Exactly. So that's you're, what I'm no, You're looking at the sugar and you're pouring it in. And you're like, oh, this is going to taste the best coffee in the world. Then you take that sip and you're like, ah, oh, too much sugar. That's, that's Batman Returns. I saw myself putting the sugar in and I didn't stop myself. Listen. All right. This movie may have some of the most haunting visuals and music in comic book movie history. The soundtrack for Batman Returns, this weird quasi-gothic Christmas uh, medley that they've created is haunting and beautiful and dangerous. He said beautiful. This is the worst that Danny Elfman has ever been at. This is the worst that Danny Elfman has ever been at. Well, that would come from you, Dan, because you haven't seen Justice League. True. Exactly. Justice League is the worst that Danny has been at. This is Danny. As a matter of fact, 
the 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 sounds, the tones, the the look, the art deco it's style. It's Danny Elfman for a Beetlejuice movie, not Danny Elfman for a Batman it's movie. Da- Danny Elfman for a Batman movie, and I will I I will stand my ground on that because I would go so far as to say it was this film more so than the one before it that inspired Batman the Animated Series. The music from it, the iconography of the art deco well, style. Like, when did the Batman the Animated Bat- Series come out? 92? 92? 92, not 93? No, 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 no. It was definitely 92 because I, I, I know that for a fact it was 92. So if it was 92, then let's let's give it the benefit of doubt saying it was August of 92, then sure, maybe in a way... It was incredibly inspired. The they go so far as to saying that the penguin that they drew, they went on set to draw Danny DeVito's penguin to put him in the animated That's series. That's the worst penguin ever. Maybe that's the worst penguin ever. It is a hell. It is a hell of a variant penguin. The only it's reason why I, penguin. the only reason why I have a true, true issue with going against Penguin for you on the Switch is worse is because of who plays Penguin. That's it. If it wasn't for the fact that Danny DeVito, Frank Reynolds isn't a goddamn national treasure, I'd have a problem. But everything that that Danny DeVito touches is gold. And even after watching this movie and seeing how he acts, it's gold. He just yes. camps. He just camps as hell in it. And the thing is, look, this could, this may not be your Penguin, but damn, if it isn't an. Uh, interesting penguin. Dude, you know what's a fun? You know what's really funny? I have at least three friends that say that this penguin is their penguin more than the animated, more than the Arkham uh, games, more than the right. old sixty. Like this penguin is their definitive penguin. There's there's been artists that have gone so far as to make the penguin in comic books to the likeness of. Um, Danny DeVito. Hey, there's nothing wrong with the Arkham or with the Arkham City. Series penguin. That's a bit, yeah, there's a bit of that in there too. Yeah. That that to me, but the, the Arkham is my penguin. The scene of penguin at his parents' graves, wearing the 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 tassels and the tails and the hat, like he was supposed to be born into privilege, and by his last name, he is owed that privilege. And because he can't get it from his parents, he goes to Gotham for it and goes, I can prove that I'm a Cobblepot and I can prove that I deserve the prestige, the respect, and the money that comes with being a Cobblepot. Meanwhile, Bruce Wayne is watching all this on the news and he's going, I don't believe this guy. And Alfred's going, why? He's just a, a rich Okay, son. so that says that Bruce Wayne is a dick. Doesn't matter. But Doesn't it, matter. It, he's a dick. He could be right, but he's a dick. It's an interesting layer to play with. Why does Bruce have a problem with this? This millionaire story, this, this, and what does he want to be the only millionaire in Gotham? And Alfred plays with that idea. Alfred teases him, like, what, what's your beef? What, what, what? Can he really not be telling the truth? And through Batman, Batman was gonna give him the benefit of the doubt to the end until he managed to, you know, figure out his whole plan. And the thing is, the two most important parts to any Batman story, like I've said a million times before, one is his inner monologue, and we're not going to get that in these films. It's just not going to happen. We're not going to get the voiceover. But the second part is damn villains. Batman has one of the best rose galleries this side of Spider-Man. And they went to great lengths to give us probably the two most bleak backstories we've ever seen depicted in a Batman film. Um, In any Batman film. We get no background on, on the Joker, on Heath Ledger's Joker. We get no background on Anne Hathaway's uh, Catwoman. This Catwoman was somebody who was basically murdered. She was, she was she, in trying to do extra work for her boss, she was killed. 
murdered. It comes back to life and then decides that she doesn't want to have to deal with any other guy. No See, guy's that's ever the thing is she shouldn't even be Catwoman because there is no reason why Max Shrek should have even killed her because there was no dialogue that said that she was going to spill the beans. She says nervously, I, I won't ever tell. Like after the fact that he yeah. started getting creepy towards but that's her, what I'm saying like, but it was after the all fact. Of, all of that to say, she she felt like she needed to say that because of how he was approaching her. If she would have just kept her mouth shut, everything would have been fine. He could have just. I said, don't think somebody like Max Shrek would have left that hanging the same way. Like look at Frank's hand. Remember Frank's hand? <laughs> hey, I'm Frank's hand. He killed Frank. He will kill people. Max Shrek has no compunction about getting rid of people that are in his way. And so he killed his secretary, you know. Um, she was using her vacation days, George. It's terrible. And then she shows back up with the balls on her. She's the most badass character in this entire no, no, film. No. I I was saying it in my notes, and I that's something I can't go against. I will give you the ammo for it. The Catwoman in this movie is the best character of this movie. To me, Cat once she puts on that Catwoman suit, there is nothing stopping her, and she is all yes. All the movie. All right. When Batman and Penguin when first she, even meet. Even when she, she accosts that girl for seeming vulnerable. That was great cap. That's straight cap. You know what I'm saying? Like, doesn't just. I oh, bet you man. make it so easy for them, don't you? That's pretty cap. I was like, damn. I was all for that. That that whole scene when Batman and Penguin first meet. And Penguin's like, uh, uh, or Batman's like, no, I'm going to stop you and stuff like that. And then Catwoman comes jumping out of Shrek's building. And she's doing the backflip. She's like, Meow. I saw her first, ha! I, I, I'm also so down with, like, villains teaming up to d- beat Batman. It didn't work as well with uh, Two-Face and Riddler, and it definitely didn't work as well with Bane and Poison Ivy. But, but it works great with Celine, with, um, with Bane and uh, Tillard. Uh, T- Talia? Talia Agul. Tillard, I'm thinking of fucking Luke But in this, like, I don't know, man. The freaking... Um, I really like those two. And then he tries to get sexually on her. And she puts her foot down and then he goes to kill her. Like this is this is incredibly adult, incredibly bleak. Um there's all kinds of different like there's too much Burton esque in my Batman what film. What do you mean Burton esque? The 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 character designs, the set designs. Like... I, 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 I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. It, from this movie compared to Batman 89, hell, even compared to Batman Forever, the the civilization of Gotham is like down to 40 in this movie. I'll give you that. Also, if you look, every Batman movie, tell every movie has always made it apparent to show you the sky. No matter what, you have a scene in the streets, you always see the top of the building, and you always see a sky. Mm-hmm. This movie has did not show us one sky until the beginning when we see the bat signal and, and the end, end when yeah, we see the back Cat signal. Woman. Telling Cat us woman. that this movie was shot on a back lot in a studio. This isn't location. These you were do built. What you, you do what you got to do. But your film had featured Sweden and uh, Tennessee and all those places. And it all looked the same. I get it. And it didn't do... It didn't add to that. So, I mean... When push comes to shove, I think that with those... Like, the whole Penguin plot is metal as hell. Oh, no, no, no. The Penguin plot is awesome. Like, like I was dumped as a child. And he even, like, tries to give this speech about, like, you know, like, what, 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 what was so wrong about me that I had to get tossed out, that I had to be thrown out. Um, 
And, I mean, he says, like, what, I was the number one, and they treated me like number two or something <laughs> like that. Um, but... Yeah, your movie has poop jokes. There's pathos there, you know? And then, and then for, in his anger, in not being able to run for, um, mayor, he goes to kidnap and kill the firstborn sons of the entire city. Why does every crowd in any movie, not super... Any movie, there's always somebody that's speaking to a crowd that says the wrong thing, and the crowd always has tomatoes. Oh, yeah. And even they make a parent. Why do they always bring eggs and tomatoes to a riot? But then he a- openly f- fired into a crowd. That's metal. That's you metal. Said, like, yeah. Joker is, I mean, Joker. Penguin in this film is unhinged. Dan- he I feel like somebody's veto gives he it. He bites somebody's nose off when the guy's giving him shit. Like, Max goes to take him downstairs to introduce him to his campaign people, and he's eating a giant trout. Yeah, that's pretty funny. In the inside, just it's it's bisected. You see the pit, yeah. Also, who knew that Penguin would be very progressive? That scene where he's like, "Why just stop at the firstborn born? Why stop at men? All genders are equal." Yeah. Holy crap, Penguin, you're pretty progressive oh, he's there. An equal opportunity murderer, I guess. He's an equal opportunist. I'll give him that. And then with Tim Burton, you know you're going to get some great iconography. Bruce Wayne standing up when the bat symbol light comes up. I hate that scene. I hate that damn scene. I It's so campy. It's so stupid. It's the hero's stance. Dude, just the way he just was in his chair. He had his two fingers on his like temple, and then he notices the light, and he just stands up, and you hear that. Penguin talking about his plan and doing the bat with his hands, and then you see it up there. Um, Did okay. Then defend the fact that we had Catwoman eat a bird and Penguin try and kill a cat. Well, the thing is, wait, well, Peng- you know, you know why that happens. It happens because he's talking all crazy and she's like, "You can't, you can't hold me." I but why do we need kill. that scene where she goes to threaten a bird and he threatens a, a cat just to show that they're both what they what their nickname is oh i'm catwoman so i have to have all my love for cats oh i'm penguin so a parakeet death bothers well, me that's... i think that was her cat or that's a cat that she's really cool with or whatever but he um sh- he didn't like the power play that she did she puts it in her mouth and is like i'll just eat this motherfucker and he's like Oh, we'll see. And he pulls out the thing, and and, and it all works. But why? And the thing what is, what was the point of it? The the she's great. I don't, I can't say nothing no, about Michelle Pfeiffer in this film. I, I can't say anything about and Michelle Pfeiffer. And she really put that bird in her mouth. Wait, like yes, actually, for like real, she, for real. She put a live. Yeah, she her... put a live bird in her mouth. So she got. You know what I'm saying? She gets all the excuses in the world for me. Be that that visage, uh, of, that visage of her with the blonde hair sticking out of the out of the out of the mask and the the makeup smeared and no don't no you're not gonna arrest him I'm gonna kill him you understand like he doesn't deserve to go to jail I'm going to murder uh, him I for can't believe me. you hit me I'm a woman that's Damn. funny. That's, That's great, funny line. yeah. Because then Michelle he, Pfeiffer carries this movie so good in this thing. Um, uh, the you know the the it, um when she's doing the gosh, it's a nursery rhyme. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember like word the one, for two, the buckle my shoe, three, four, it's at the door. But she's counting down her lives. He's shooting oh, yes, her. Yes, yes, yes. Five, six, all good girls. Uh, no, six, seven, seven, all, all good, good girls, girls go, go to, to heaven. heaven. Yes. Whatever. 
And she's just coming at him and then gives him this electrifying kiss. I heard it's like, rumors. You killed me. Batman killed me. Penguin killed me. I got seven lives left. Let's see how the, many you got. The yeah. delivery of that. That is you great. You killed delivery. me. Batman killed. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm marking out just talking about it because I honestly think she's the best part of this film. I no, honestly think. No, I have to agree with you. But she, she really pulls out the, the gun film. in the banquet. And he's like, oh, like, yeah, this is yeah, this yeah. is me and Max. And he's like, what the? F-? He's like, what? She's like, no, 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 no. And she starts to cry again. She's like, literally unhinged. She's like, I, I, um, no, no. He deserves it. He deserves it. You know, he can't just step all over people and stuff. And I'm like, man, Selena. And Bruce tries to pull her from the brink. He rips his entire mask off to pull her back. But and my I will say, line, it's done better in Dark Knight Rises with those uh, two. Does she even know it's Bruce Wayne? She knew after, uh, during the fight with uh, Bane, where he's like, let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. And then the camera goes oh, and she shows her. So she can, yeah. So he can die. Yeah. You understand? Okay, but she was a bad guy in this one, too. So bad guys must bad guy. That's just how it goes. But, but it gives us... There's no line in your film that's better than, Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed up like Batman? Because <laughs> he is Batman, you idiot. <laughs> that was so... Great, because he just rips off his fruit oh, okay. mask. When, when they first go to that dance, and Selena Kyle says, who are you dressed up to be? And he says, Bruce Wayne. I'm sorry, but that that little right there is better than anything and any Batman of, movie has ever given neither, us. Neither one of them have a mask. Neither one of them wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, I wish we did this movie, yeah. man. No, the, uh, it's true. Neither, neither one, one of them one had one. a mask neither of a whole a mask. masquerade ball. That. But that's just Dark Knight Rises. I have to defend Iron Man 3. Anyways, back um, the, to the, the The repeated car. Her trouncing around the, the Shrek department okay. store. Okay, when she breaks into the apartment store and she's doing the, the jump rope with incredibly her whip. Incredibly cool. Incredibly fun. Incredibly fun. But that's also the first time. Not the. I guess yeah, it would be the first time we see Catwoman in a jewelry store. Which, I guess if you want to go both that show, and Catwoman. That's, when they show her face on the other side of the glass with a big cat drawing. That's what I want to say. What the fuck is the point of this movie it's having nothing but cat images and Shrek. Well, that's Shrek's business thing. I'm, I assume it's not just that. It's cat imagery and uh, rubber duck imagery. Oh yeah, I don't know about the rubber duck imagery. I thought I assumed that the cat imagery came from like Mickey Mouse, like having that's like a Felix Mickey the Mouse Cat. That's what I'm look like a, like look a, up on your phone, that's Felix what I'm saying, the like Cat. Have, yeah, having like a like a 1930s anim, anapomorphic animal as your mascot. That's that's the only thing I could think of when it came to that. Um trying to think of all the other things uh her screaming when she goes through the through the greenhouse and she realizes she's still alive and she just screams or when she uh goes off the building and she falls on kitty litter and it's like oh how great kitty litter or something when, like. when um her and bruce are both trying to come up with excuses to give each other so they can and leave. alfred and is alfred just is there just like and he's like no just tell him that i went to no that's not gonna work uh tell him that i tried to you know what? Just make something up. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I got it. Don't worry I've about it. I've been doing this. I do this all the time. And guess what? In this movie, Alfred lets nobody into the cave, which is another positive. But they made, but they made, a, they made a line at that. It's like, the first woman you let in here, you like, the first woman that comes here, you let her into the cave. So I was like, yeah, that's a pretty bad Alfred. Out. You cut that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I did not like, because I did not understand necessarily, why the cats were like biting her and what that what that meant and what it did to her. But I'll tell you one thing, man. The ensuing scene 
with that song that Danny wrote for that situation where she spray paints all her belongings and fucking... All right, when she and comes and trashes her apartment, it's awesome scene. I won't lie. smashing hello there to hell here. Yep. That was really, really I, cool. I can't lie if that, if that wasn't an awesome movie. That was just really, really cool. Um, But again, I have a in- entirely too soft of a spot for this film. I understand. I should have made you go against this movie. That's my problem. I I was being too nice for you. I understand that a lot of people don't like it, but, um, man, it it gave me a crush on Michelle Pfeiffer. If we're going to sit here and be, like, totally 100% honest with each other, it's not that I don't like the existence of this movie. There are so many moments in this movie that are 100%, even if it's not good, it's entertaining. And it passes the time... I was finishing the last 30 minutes of this movie while I was washing my clothes. And I was actually watching this movie like, damn, this is a pretty good final act. My issue is the way that Burton, through his own weird-ass style, into my Batman. To where it doesn't even look like a Batman movie. It just looks like a Batman movie done by Tim Burton. Yeah. Like, there's... there's But... There's That's differences. Not a bad thing, is it? It's it's if, very much a bad thing if, because if, if it's meant to be the the definitive Batman, I can see why it's a bad thing. But Tim, like I said, I but feel this like, was the Batman movie that made people say, "Wait, we need Joel Schumacher." Mostly because it was too dark. But like I said again, you know, like they weren't selling crazy toys from the Dark Knight trilogy, right? Like <laughs> that wasn't merchandise in, in McDonald's toys and stuff like oh, that. Oh, no, McDonald's toys, no. But no. as far as like toys, toys go, I actually like, had a few Dark Knight toys. But in comparison, like the McDon- McDonald's try to portray Batman Returns. And so I there's, there's video, there's like talk show host video of like Sally Jesse Raphael kind of shows of people, adults and kids, being like this movie is no. too dark. Didn't this you send that to it, yeah. you sent it to yeah. the major issues group chat? Yeah. I remember seeing that where actual parents and kids were saying, "I don't like this movie. It's too scary. It it's too adult." Metal Batman movie ever, bro. That's you just missed him. Just do the rock and roll. That's why I love it. It's so bad. Parents are, are parents are throwing it out. Kids are scared of it. McDonald's wants nothing to do with it. We gotta change the whole franchise because she's too sexy and he's there's blood spurting from his mouth you know what I'm like it's just it's all the craziness but this movie gave us Joel Schumacher which gave us Forever and Batman and Robin so how can you excuse the fact of this metal Batman movie giving us the next two Batman movies listen listen there's a difference I I (laughs) The the Batman movies that come after this are a, a stark overcorrection. I don't think it should have been overcorrected to the length that it was. And I think Tim Burton was going to make Batman Forever. I think there's a bunch of um stuff out about his initial ideas for that whole thing. I heard that Billy D. Williams was actually supposed to become Two Face at the end of this movie. And that uh, they... Martin Wayne's was going to be Robin. Yep. Yep. I'm. I'm. Listen. I'm, and so guess you know what? You don't I'm have to deal saying... with that because of this film. So. <laughs> Batman Returns. I'm telling you, I do love, I I love the soundtrack, Dan. All right, I understand you may not dig it. I know all no, the songs. It, listen, it, the scores. It. You know what my problem was? It was only the score in the opening. That whole opening where it was just too orchestral for me. Where there was too many voices over. Like 
I know what Danny Elfman can give us. I know when he is composing, he gives us greatness. But there was too much of that voice over orchestral huzz and hums over his shit that it was like, it felt like they were trying to do a Christmas score in a Batman movie. I don't want a Christmas score in a Batman movie. I don't want a Christmas score but in any of Christ- my comics. But it's a Christmas Batman movie. It that's should a, be a Batman movie during Christmas. It shouldn't be a Christmas exactly movie about Batman. That's exactly what it is. But something about the ethereal nature of Christmas makes the movie spookier. But the movie should, by that definition, the movie should be more joyful in Glee. It's Christmas. The music you, is joyful. You're going to give me a Halloween-style movie that during big Christmas? Ass, you didn't see that big-ass tree that, that Alfred was there trying to trying to adorn with Which is another thing. A big-ass tree lighting ceremony that's supposed to be on par with Rockefeller Center draws 40 people. 40 people? There were more people outside of the hospital where Tony Stark was giving his address out to than there was watching the tree lighting ceremony in this movie. i tell you one thing. If Bruce Wayne would put his address out there, he would whoop everybody's ass. I mean, that's just because, you know, listen, if Bruce Wayne was to put his address out there, it's because he already two weeks ago had a plan I, of also, putting his address I'd out also, there. also, any given day, would put Max Shrek up against Aldrich Killian. What the hell is up with that hair, though? This is it. He wears gloves. Hey, I wear gloves. Like he, dude, he was, he, he was the most annoying person in the movie. He goes up to Bruce Wayne at that fuck at that banquet ball. Hey, it's nice costume. Who are you supposed to be? A high end millionaire? Like, hey, yo, I'm Christopher Walken. Fuck you. Hey, you're fired. Didn't he fire Selena Kyle? Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> I love. It's so. Hey, funny. Selena, you're fired. And then pulls it, out the gun. It's so funny. And the thing is, like, like. <sighs> The the whole like penguin running for office stuff and how um you know politics are skewed and media politics skewed. don't work that way though the mayor wasn't even inaugurated dude he was mayor elect that's what's bugging me out all right so election day is in November he would win he would let's say that mayor won he is now the mayor elect he doesn't get inaugurated till January. And this whole movie is taking place in December during Christmas time. You're trying to get somebody impeached before they're even sworn into office. What is, sense does that make? Well, Max Shrek needs somebody in office so that he can get his proposal. But what for the sense does it make out. to try and impeach somebody before they're sworn into office? I can't remember what the whole mayor thing was. The whole mayor, who was the current mayor, and what they were trying. No, to there do. Was, there was a current mayor that got that. that Isn't was that with they, the baby? Isn't that the one that they took the baby from? Yes, the one they took the baby from was the mayor. But the, the whole conversation between Max and Penguin was: is you already missed the elections. The mayor was already voted, but he wasn't sworn in yet. There's time to impeach him before the swearing. You can't uh, impeach somebody before a sworn well, in. That that just shows um, Max Shrek's level of desperation, especially when he's choosing to then get somebody from a sewer. Yeah, he's reaching for the top shelf, and then and then and then getting a guy from the sewer to do the job. My man was desperate. He was willing to get anybody to do it. Plus. This this film, the film that I'm talking about, has the best vanilla folder throwing scene in any in history, where Bruce Wayne chucks a vanilla folder all the way across. There's a circle table of him and Max Shrek, and for some reason they're oh, where Shrek is at the head of the <laughs> table, and he's at this other couch. And he that's... throws the folder all the way fully across. It's just a ball and move, bro. It's a ball and move. My man Bruce Wayne just. I, I will things. say, I think it's a. I don't know if DJ it's a Alfred. Decision. <laughs> Ricka, Ricka, Ricka. I played these songs like a harp from hell. Wait, that was Ricka, Alfred Ricka, that was Ricka, moving Ricka. it like that? That wasn't Bruce Wayne? I could have no, sworn that was Bruce that, that was moving. Alfred, because Bruce was at the thing. 
Oh yeah, Alfred. Yeah. Alfred, yeah. Yo, Alfred scratching records, yo. And he's scratching a CD. I don't think you can do that. No, you can't. You can't scratch a CD. Like, kids don't scratch your CDs. Yes, please. Kids, do you even know what CDs are? There's these big metal things <laughs> that came before iPods. We'll get. We'll get there. Um. Listen, it's a Christmas spirit. It's a holiday spirit. I'm in the holiday spirit. You can go ahead and we can agree that my movie is better. You know what? L- listen, George. Because well, I don't want to say because of the holiday spirit. Because like, that's the symbol. For I want. I want it. I kind of. I've. Been, it was before the podcast. I wanted to bring that up. Did you make that at work, guys? What you have to know about the Don here is the Don is a sign maker. He makes signs. He makes logos. He makes all the awesomest shit in the world. I do. He made a he made batterings for his Comic Con outfit that he gave me a battering to. I got a battering in my house because sometimes of sometimes you need a battering. But this man makes these awesome ass like logos and displays that he has crowned around his room. And there was this one from uh, Into the Spider Verse that's right here on my left that I'm looking at. That's amazing. But one day we'll give the Patreon like a Patreon tour of, of yes, the issue He that's that is not the Dark Knight Batman. Bro, that I'm, is the I'm Schumacher Batman. 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 It's all the same Batman. I like this is the Burton Batman. That that is the Burton Batman logo, right? That's before Schumacher took over. That's the logo Burton wanted. That's the one for me. I can't front as if that not all right. That was the best Batman logo until Nolan gave us Dark Knight. Now that whole Dark Knight that clean that clean logo. That to me is the definitive logo. That's when I modeled my bang rings, batarangs after. That's the definitive logo to me. For some reason about it, it's you know what it is? It's the bubble on the wings that tells me I'm in the nineties, as opposed to the sharpness of the sides that tell me I'm in the early two thousands. What about Batman hitting his like his batarang, those buttons, and then just throwing it, and it hits everybody in the in the circle. Batman whooping the Red Triangle Circus gang's ass when they first show up in Gotham. Right, saying Batman whooping ass in a Batman movie is just it's always it's great. redundant at it's this open, point. And it's always great because it's Batman who knows like a hundred and forty kung so fu's. Cool. Like it's so cool. All right, no, honestly, not it's not just because it's the spirit of Christmas. Yes, it's the spirit of Christmas, but because I of I. Bro, your movie's <laughs> better, honestly. Thank you, thank I've you. I have not said it in four witches versus well, and you're fi- It took the fifth. It, so it maybe took, in the tenth we'll get we'll get to another uh, another It uh, it took five consensus. witches versus for me to actually sit here and say, "Listen, back to back, you're I don't like Dark Knight Returns, but Dark Knight Returns is entertaining and if I need an hour and 45 Batman minutes Returns. to kill Batman Returns. I was about to say, wait, wait what's going on here? Oh, no, Frankly, Dark Knight Returns is good. That's Sorry. What I, was like, I, was like, I was like, are you making a definitive statement right now that Dark Knight no, Returns is not, not good? No. Right. Oh, no, no, no. All right. Say what you want. Ba- Batman Returns, to me, is not a good movie because it's missing certain ingredients to the cake. But if we're comparing it to Iron Man 3, of which movie physically assaulted me within the first five minutes of watching... All it took was for Axel F's I'm Blue over a, a fucking uh, Paramount logo for me to say, yeah, this I, movie is worse. I feel like Shane Black and Tim Burton both uh, both submitted the same assignment. Tim Black, Tim Black, Shane Black uh, copied and pasted, and Tim Burton wrote it in very sloppy handwriting. So all the stuff is there in Tim's stuff. He just didn't know where you to, can't read to put it, it, so you're just yes, yeah, going off of what it. you can say. And and Shane Black says all the right things, 
but they're not his things. They're yeah. not his voice. They're not. I mean, the comedy was and the Christmas was, but besides that, like, this could you. You had an opportunity. If you want to do Shane Black Buddy Cop, why didn't they do it with Rhodey? Why didn't they have him and Rhodey? That's the problem is Shane Tennessee. Black has wrote in like four Buddy Cop movies. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. Three of them prior to Didn't this. Did he do the other guys as well? No, he did the nice guys, nice guys. with with um Kurt Russell and um Brian Gosling. Brian Grant Oslin. Yeah. So it's like God. not Kurt Russell, is it? Russell not Kurt Crow. Russell. Russell Crow. Like, <laughs> they all have the same damn name: Russell, Kurt, Crow. Because there's a Cameron Crow and a Russell Crow. There's a Kurt Russell and a Russell. Man, you all got to stop having the same names. Anyways, yeah. yes, I don't like Batman Returns, people, but. That's not to say Batman Returns is not a good movie. I hate Iron Man 3. And that's not to say Iron Man 3 is a good movie. So, Merry Christmas, one and all. George, you <laughs> finally got your win over me. Yay! Because even even though I've watched Elektra and Fan 4 Stick, I will sit here and say... Those movies were still better than the ones we watched at the wow. time. This, I knew what I was getting into. Like, I'm, I'm Dr. Manhattan. The day is December 23rd, 2019. <laughs> I see my death. Today is November 27th, 2019. George tells me we have a witch's worst coming. I still see my death. And that's it. He saw it a long time ago, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but no, you have fought valiantly on behalf of Iron Man three, um, which is which I is, tried in a way defending which this is movie. weird, which is weird because I don't think you were that defeated with other films. I think what's wrong with Iron Man three is it looks great. Yeah, it looks it looks like the kind of movie that you should have a blast in. But when you, when it's three fourths in and you find yourself not having that blast, you start to question what's wrong. What, why am I not? It and all looks the, the same. It all sounds with... the same. Dark with Batman Returns, I knew going into Batman Returns, I've seen this movie before, many times before, and I had it in my head that I didn't like it. But watching this movie... Alright, when I was watching this movie, not with my Witch's Worst in mind, Mm -hmm. I'm like, damn, what did I not like about this movie? This is actually a really good movie. But then when I had to say, wait, I'm supposed to go against this movie, let me find something to not like, and then I started overanalyzing. Oh, I hate the dialogue. Straight up 100%. If I had to say what I hate about this movie, I hate the dialogue. No one's ever really talked about dialogue being Tim Burton's strength, right? I, I ha- No. Yeah. T- dialogue is not Tim Burton's strength at all. As somebody who does forgive him for a lot of his movies and does love a majority of his movies, there's only two movies in history that I can say he has absolute flawless dialogue. Edward Scissorhands and Big Fish. I would go so far as to say that uh, Pfeiffer elevated his dialogue. 100%. Elevated everything that she was giving for the most part. But no, again, him helming Dark Knight, Dark Knight. Him helming yeah. the Batman projects did mature him in a way. Not maturity as in like he's not going to make his dark, gritty, emo movies anymore, but that he can make his dark, emo, gritty movies with a purpose. Yeah, and this is a tempo blockbuster, you know? Like, this is not like I wrote this story when I was 12 and now you know I'm going to think of no, all the Christmas is, movies this is somebody He's done else's a lot of Christmas property. movies too his batman you know basically popularized the all black batman you know um prior to I that, also feel like the, his batman gave us our love for batman back I also feel like his batman created the grappling hook but I have to double check on that You might you might be right on that because I think that prior to him giving batman a grappling hook they he used to get around by throwing a batarang 
that had a string on it. You're not wrong. He and did. It he was, was a. He had a grappling. He had a grappling hook, not a grappling gun. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because there are scenes in the '60s Batman Adam West where he's like climbing up a wall. But it's because he, he threw it. Yeah. <laughs> he threw it. Yeah. Yeah. So Tim took a lot of things where I feel like Shane didn't add anything. No, I see the problem with was is. But maybe they didn't want him to. Maybe this is. This is an MCU problem, not a personal person <laughs> problem. The problem with the MCU is they take these stylized, well-loved, well-known directors, but give them a formula. How do you get someone who's visionary, visionary sound as Edgar Wright, who's made Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, but you want him to stick to a formula in Ant-Man? How do you give someone who has all... All right, Shane Black's dialogue is amazing in his movies. Lethal Weapon, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. These are great dialogues. How do you give him a formula? Guys like guys like like James Gunn, who probably, by my own uh, thoughts, had to fight to have his style in those movies. Because if you look at the stylized directors that MCU has hired, Shane, the John, Sean. James Gunn is the only person that really you see his other movies from the past in Guardians. That's yeah. an MCU problem. They get these directors and filmmakers by name, not by talent. But that's why I speak so passionately about then Batman Returns. Because they let him have his style. his way. It may not be great in the Batman scope of things, but in the in the freedom of art expression of things, you would, like I said again, if someone was like, Oh, you know, Tim Burton. I mean, uh, Quentin Tarantino's considering making a Deadpool. You'd be like, but what if it's not exactly how the Deadpool in the comics was? You wouldn't even care because it's you just want to see doing his, his thing. vision on that. Now, what if what they hire Quentin Tarantino to do a Deadpool movie and then they say, "Hey, Quentin, we don't want none of your your known dialogue. We want one of none of your trunk shot camera angles. We want none of your feet." Yeah, but we this would none- be more. So this would be more like if you the reveal was that. Uh, blind Owl was really Deadpool the whole entire time, like the Mandarin. You know what I'm saying? That's what that I honestly believe. If they would have maintained that Trevor Slattery was the Mandarin and that he was never an actor, and that if he was scary, and they found a way to make some kind of big third act where Tony has to find the Mandarin and defeat yeah, him. Yeah, why couldn't Killian be the one that they that that just goes away like nothing? Oh, you're... Killian could have been the stooge. He could have been. He the should have face. been an expendable stooge. He could have been the face of AIM that was secretly being manipulated by a terrorist organization. Which is almost every Which is Shield. Yeah. Shield being manipulated by Hydra. That's exactly what that would have been. Maybe that maybe they cut too close. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Maybe they had to figure out with everything it's else. It's a wasted it's wasted potential, wasted actors, wasted an MCU movie. And no Michelle Pfeiffer, bro. Which is, I think was the biggest crime of your film. I mean I mean if we're gonna go by to the biggest crime of my film, the biggest crime of my film is that it exists. Oh that's true. That's true as well. The But after watching your movie, yeah, I've I know I've seen every Batman movie that I that there has to be. Where does this rank in all of the live action Batman movies? Of all have? the live action Batman, now that you've recently saw it with recency, true, buy it. Truly, honestly, and it's it's not my biasism that's talking. It's not my hatred. It's actually my credit that's talking. This would go number four. That's I'm sorry, that's not bad. nothing beats. Nolan's trilogy, but to go right after Nolan's trilogy, that's not bad. That's yeah, not a bad all right. If we were to take Nolan's trilogy, right, <laughs> yeah. and throw it as one full-on Batman movie, 
this is the second best live action Batman. You like this mo- more than Batman eighty nine? Yes. Yeah. I do like this more than Batman eighty nine. There's no Prince. I, the <laughs> only reason why I like this more than Batman eighty nine is I feel like this movie had stakes. As far as Batman 89 had obstacles for Batman to climb over. But these were still and obstacles Prince. that we knew on our own he was going to get through. Yeah, And you had that weird scene with him putting out that long gun and shooting. That shooting was straight Joker to I'm me. Like, what is going on? That here? was straight Joker to me. It's like, come on, you come on, you big son of a bitch. Come hit me. Like, that's awesome, man. Well, you know, I, I uh, accept your surrender because we're friends here and we're here at celebrating Clickmas. George, you knew since yesterday, since two days ago, that I told you that you're going to see me at my most defeated. And if it wasn't because I'm feeling a, a couple of beers this in my is system. you at your most masochistic. One hundred percent. It's your baby, but um, <laughs> this uh, man. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of references out today. You, you have my heart, George, forever. Well, that's all that matters. And well, there's only other one other thing that matters, and that's you guys making sure that you're here for every single episode of Major Issues podcast. We're just, you know, we the, the we're fanning the flames of Major Issues, uh, podcast, and which is worth five. But uh, coming up next. We will be doing our 2020 predictions. We'll be looking at the scope of all the comic book movies and TV shows that are slated to join us in 2020 and talk about, you know, what we're excited for or not. It'd be extremely interesting if you guys went back and looked at our last year's. We have a predicting 2019 podcast that I got to listen to. I think we were all wrong on yeah, that one. Been. I I can hear myself saying like <laughs> I'm not interested in Doom Patrol. Like yeah. that's never gonna be that's never gonna be a thing I dig, and I I swear by it now. So um, go back and listen to that, and be here for the next uh, the next episode of the Major Issues Podcast, which you can buy following the Major Issues Podcast wherever podcasts are found. That Stitcher Podcast. What? That Stitcher Podbean Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast Act, Google Play, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Uh, I feel like oh, we're on Spotify. Or if you're um, just feeling it, just type in Major Issues Podcast in the Google search engine, and I swear we are the first, first one to, pop, to up. pop up every single time, man. We are in that search engine optimization. Type in Major Issues Podcast, and we will be the first ones to pop up. Oh, we're even auto. We're even um auto search for uh the Apple podcast oh, that's app awesome. yeah because i went to go tell my sister hey search us up and she types in major issues but she gets to like the second s and, and it says, says podcast and it's automatically searches major issues podcast look so at that auto complete baby we're doing it for we're you we're on auto complete guys that's like, where the level we at right now but it's all it's all thanks to you guys all you guys who have been listening sharing with with a friend and telling friends about us it's helping us grow our audience um but if you can please rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as uh, podcasters and find out what you guys like and what you don't like and change accordingly. Major Issues is going to have definite 2020 vision in a couple weeks with some major announcements dropping down. Yeah, with some major announcements dropping down about the future of Comic Book Click, the Major Issues podcast, possibly a website, possibly getting our YouTube uh, presence uh, um, you know, known. Yeah, because we haven't dropped an episode since Spider-Verse. Yeah, oh, some, I mean, far from home. Yeah, some interviews in the future. A bunch of stuff that we got coming down the pike. But the only way to make sure that you guys know exactly what's going on here as part of the Major Issues Podcast and Comic Book Click is to make sure that you're following Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram at Comic Book Click, or use the hashtag Comic Book Click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to Comic Book and Comic Book Media. 
I'm also at Major Issues CBC on the Twitter machines, constantly posting the schedule for the podcast, memes, and all kinds of uh, casting news or just industry news in general. Moral of the story, guys, is if you have the power to search us, we are there. We're available. If you have a social media outlet, we are on it. I'm telling you, comic book click, C-L-I-Q-U-E. We are everywhere we need to be. When push comes to shove, though, I think that... um. We're, I, I can see an even, a, a even bigger year this year for uh, major issues in Comic Book Click as uh, the numbers are starting to roll in. You guys are, are being incredible at supporting. Like I said, again, our social media numbers are up. Our uh, listen numbers are up. I only thing, if I could be a nitpicker, I just want a little bit more uh, uh, feedback from the fans out there. I want to have some conversation with no, you guys. Yeah, I want to know, know you guys exist. I want to know what you guys, you guys are doing. Exist. I want to know what you guys are doing. Write in any language. I'll find a way to translate it. We'll Google Translate, it dude. Yeah, we'll, they, they We'll got figure like it out. Languages. As a matter of fact, if you can, let me know what you think is the best comic book movie of the year so far because next thing that we got coming up uh, is going to be the CBC Awards. We're going to be working on our awards You show. really should have a comic book movie of the decade uh, section. I'm considering it. You're considering it. it, or maybe we maybe we could do a, 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 a of the decade show, you know, an of ooh, and we can different best people, comic book movies of di- the decade. Different people each can year. have their own argument and their own picks and stuff like that. Uh, if that's something that you guys are interested in. Let me know. We can go ahead and do it as part of the Major Issues podcast. But yeah, like us, share us, subscribe. Uh, all across social media, um, listen to our past episodes. We have other versions of which is worse, where Dan has a little bit more fight left in him because he's not defending such a bad movie, which I don't blame him for. Even the next which is worse, I'll probably have a better movie than the one that I got to defend. Let's find out. That'll be which is worse six, and so make sure that you guys are there and available for that. Six which is worse. That means we only have two which is worse left before the, our third year of comic book click because Bananas. we do them once quarterly, a yeah. quarterly. Yeah. Quarterly. Bananas. But yeah, oh my, oh my god, god this the first great. comp this is the first which is worse of our second year is major issues. Yes. Yep. Nice. 100%. And you guys can be here for all the landmark moments for the major issues podcast. Like I said, just keep listening. We're dropping episodes every single Wednesday. Um, and again, our next episode will be our 2020 predictions. So let me know what you guys are thinking is going to be up and what you're excited for coming um, in 2020. Oh, wait a minute. We drop on Wednesdays. Yeah. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Clickmas. That's Merry Clickmas. Yeah. And, and then New Year's for our New Year's predictions next. A drop and Wednesday yeah. is New Year. Oh. That's what Yo, I'm we are just holiday up for We're you holiday people. holiday spirit. We love you guys. Thank you guys Happy so much. Happy holidays. Thank you so much. Oh, Christmas Troy. Oh, Christmas Troy. Oh, <laughs> what was the? Oh, um, damn. What was the one with uh, Shirley? Uh, joy to the world, the Lord has come. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so it puts good. the menorah in the tree. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. You guys got to jump on community. And man. we got inside jokes for decades. I want to. I'm gonna be at my computer, at all my social media apps. I'm literally. I'm, I'm hunkering down this holiday season to. Push out some comic book click content. So go out, reach out to me, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let me know what you're thinking. What you're thinking about the, uh, this year's worth of movies, next year's worth of TV shows. We got a bunch of stuff coming back. Crisis is coming back. Umbrella Academy's coming back. Doom Patrol's coming oh, back. Oh my! The boys, the boys are, coming are coming back. back. The boys are back in town. <laughs> and so we are. We we're right there. We're right there on the cusp. Join us. Join us, and we'll be there uh, for you guys every single and step of the I way. And I got Disney Plus, so I'm not going to be out of the loop on the MCU. That's it. That's all you, that, hey, that's all you need. Uh, but 
My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic book man. And this has been Which Is Worse 5. And remember, whether or not you're having uh, post-traumatic stress disorder attacks or panic attacks. Which I hope you're not. Whether your dad left uh, seven years ago to go get scratchers, and he might have won because he never came back. Whether your friend's hand. (laughs) 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 Or, (laughs) Or whether you know the real truth, which is, Mistletoe is deadly if you eat it, but a kiss is even deadlier if you mean it. Remember that that you... (laughs) That's the line, Dan. Remember that you... Yes, you... Remember you, Batman Returns is better. (laughs) And you at home... Okay, okay. Yes, you are worth it.